Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And so here we stand at the summit of another trash pile. Another year in the books, 26 episodes covering 25 series, and some visual novel we've all already retconned from our minds. Which means it's time to relive the few highlights and many, many lowlights, and crown an ultimate winner and loser in a very special episode of that time. I started a podcast to read trash manga with my friends. And actually, most of them were trash, but some of them weren't. AKA the Trash Manga Friends Podcast, episode 83, safe and sound in the arms of an elite trash manga. Today's episode is sponsored by Shaftsoft. I am your forever host, editor, promoter, distributor, and financer, so I'm a Sean, so what? And as always, in perpetuity, forever, you may say, I am joined by my co-hosts. Firstly, he is a streamer, content creator, comedian, speedrunner, and designer. It's the hidden dungeon only Mike can enter. I don't want to be a hidden dungeon that only I can enter. But you get to make out with people to cure your headache. But I'm the only one that I can enter. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Hot? <laughs> no, it's not. That's the problem. I mean, it's hot for me. Uh, fair. Oh, dear. And who is that other voice? Well, of course, he is a developer, scheduler, chef, musician, and oracle. It's Phil of Purgatory. How are you? I'm I'm confused on the Oracle aspect, but sure. The Oracle of Trash. That's you. Uh, um, Grandpa sure. Trash Lord. Look, all right. I uh, no, nothing against you, buddy. I love you, but you're you're a lot harder to cope with titles for than those two. <laughs> Wow. The man who is there, Phil. <laughs> no, because I I've done that joke so many times, and here's Phil. I want to be nice. He is the arbiter of the trash, the herald of trash, the Harbinger. the oracle. Harbinger, You're just yes. leading to oracle. You're just coming up with other words for oracle. Yes. We've got to pad this thing. It's not going to be very long. All right, please. <laughs> Famously, these anniversary episodes only take an hour. Famously, uh, I think I, I had mean, to that's, that's what we said back in episode one, right? Back like, in episode one, minutes yeah. 30 minutes to an hour, yep. <laughs> Don't remind me of that. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, famously, I totally didn't have to cut the better part of two hours from the last one of these we did. <laughs> nope, grab scissors. Man, three years is what we've been doing this for three years. It really has flown by, hasn't it? I, I sure. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for participating, sure, yeah. Phil. Oh, I'm excited to look back on some of the stuff that may be similar from this last year. And can I just say, it's been a whole year, and I, I don't want to act like I haven't been appreciating it. I've just been saving my, my praise. Because you've, you've kept this bit up for a whole year, at the beginning of every episode, coming up with, let's say, manga knockoff titles for the fake sponsors we've been having. I've been appreciating those. You realise those are, those are all taken from actual manga? Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> 
Every single one of those is real. I was going to say, oh, that, no. that was the point, Mike. I thought you were just coming up with, like, crappy names. Oh, my God. No, those, those <laughs> were actual titles. Manga was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> Let's all move on as a society. Uh, yes, uh, and now I'm like, I can only do that bit for one more episode, but I have to come up with a new bit. Oh, my God. Right, <laughs> I have to think. I have to think again. Uh, oh, God, that is awful. That is the worst. Uh, but luckily... We don't have to think this time because it's a trip down memory lane. We can just... I, I would argue that's the one thing we do need to do. <laughs> Remember shit. Nah, you just need to feel. Like, what were you fe- What do you feel when I say these names? <laughs> Fair. Um, there are definitely emotions. some strong feelings that are going to be coming out today, no doubt. Indeed. So, are we ready then? Because as I say, we've got 24 to fly through, so... I'm so fucking ready. Okay. Yeah, that's our oracle for you. So... If this is your first time tuning into a trash-tacular tournament arc, the premise is simple. We're going to pit all the series from across the past year against each other to determine which one series is not actually trash and which one is the trashest manga, friends. Creature Romances, Kokonei Kokoro, is sadly ineligible on account of being a visual novel, though rest assured, it's still trash. We'll we'll talk more about that in the uh, second part, I feel, uh, next week. My co-hosts have also fooled me to rule Bleach out because it would be unfair or some such. I mean, it would. It would be unfair. <laughs> hitting, what, 70-odd volumes against, against two. two for everything Didn't had 70-odd volumes? We did we read 70-odd volumes. <laughs> oh so, yeah, as you can see, sadly, I've had to be a benevolent host on this occasion and go along with their wishes. So Bleach Looking is rigged also is what it would out. be. <laughs> I was going to say, it should... Yeah, why bother? Bleach wins. <laughs> by virtue of we read the whole thing. Thank you, Phil. That will now be cut, and that will be the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Trash Manga Friends. Bleach wins. The end. <laughs> Thank uh, you for listening to the Trash Manga Friends podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. So, yes, as I just mentioned there, this is uh, the first half of a two-parter. So we'll be taking the 24 remaining series, splitting them up into eight groups of three. And reliving the memories of each of those series, seeing what lingers on in our consciousnesses, and then voting for the worst of each bunch to be eliminated. The 16 that remain will then be shuffled into our usual 1v1 format for next week's second half to crown our ultimate victor. So, now that you know all of that, let's get straight into this. I've randomised all of them, there's no seeds, there's no buys this year, so anything goes. Probably at my expense, if I've learned anything from some of these lineups. So, on to starting off Group A, and our first series, one of our one of our favourites for um, failing to live up to its premise. Loner Life in Another World, aka Hattori Bocchi no Isekai uh, Koryaku, an Isekai manga ongoing, 11 volumes of a light novel, 15 volumes of the manga, written by Shoji Goji, art by Bibi, you can get the manga via Kaiten Books, and the light novel via Seven Seas. Apparently it's sold nearly 2 million. There you go, done. So uh, a better title for this one would have been Guy Gets Isekai'd. Right. <laughs> That's the entirety of what happens. Like, they tried to push this whole thing like, oh, he's a loner. He's got all these loner skills, so he can't team up and he can't form parties. And th- No, no, he does all Not the fucking time. Not parties, Mike. Not allowed. <laughs> yeah, he does yeah. all the fucking time. That was the no, 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 no. He never forms a party, Mike. <laughs> he groups up all the time. He is in no way being kept away from anyone because it's not just him being isekai it's his whole class being isekai as well. Yeah. And then they sort of just tack on, oh, there's actually a bad person running around in the background. <laughs> it's like, 
nothing. It I because he could do things with that premise of like he's he alone. Oh, uh, there's a whole class of people being isekai, but nope, does nothing. The, the other weird thing as well, from what I remember, was so basically the whole class gets isekai. They all pick their skills and they only get one. And then like later on, Crod's like, oh shit, there's still this kid here who was hiding. The the they here have all the other skills. They're all shit. Yeah, because there was you, they're all you first come get, first like, serve. The walking skill, and we're like, so what? He couldn't walk if he didn't have the walking skill. Oh man, it's guy walking. He could only run. But luckily, even though he gets all the shit skills, he's immediately able to use that to make all the best skills. So yes, like it, it's oh, a man. pretty standard so trope. You did. You have lightning magic. Well, I'll just wrap it in this wrapping paper, and now I have lightning magic. He's like, what? <laughs> and it was like, oh, I'm I'm all alone. I guess I'll have to go live in this cave. And then within a week, he's transformed it into the fucking Ritz. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and invited a lot of people to come live with him because... Invited you know... a bunch of girls. The guys don't get to stay there. No, the to girls. be fair, I don't think he invited them. I think they basically shoehorned their way in. Oh, right. Yeah, they they <laughs> willingly shoehorn their way into they, they the loner's in, life. And he's like, oh, oh, the kitchen's over there. The bathroom and spa, that's over there. Um, yeah. This is this is the hotel owned by the loner who can't group up with anyone. Hey, Dad, they're not a party at that point. It's them when they go on their magical adventure to the sea, and then it's like it's a constant state of people begging him to stay, and him going, "No, I couldn't possibly. I'm a loner." Like you're clearly not. <laughs> Why are you lying to me? <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> Could, couldn't possibly join this guild. You're too low level. But he's just killed <laughs> half the, the baddies in this population. Yeah, that was a thing, ah. wasn't it? That was a thing. A lot of things in this manga were just like, oh yeah, that happened. And it's like, but did it though? Did it matter? Like, if if a plot point falls in the forest, does it really matter? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, who uh, cares? Not, they, this thing never committed to anything. Hey, hey no, he, he never joined a party. <laughs> Shut up, Phil. That was the hill <laughs> Phil died on both in and after the episode. That's the thing. Phil's no, not no, even not died on the hill. It just <laughs> exactly. drives Mike mad. Phil's not even committing to this point. He just knows that he's technically correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's not partied up, but he's still going everywhere with groups of people. Yeah, he's grouping up and sharing resources, experience, I guess, probably. Just doing functionally everything the same as a party, but not partying up. Oh, but you love classes, Mike. Famously, you love a ranking system, a class system. Uh... Oh, it's it's great. It's my favorite. Mike Statblog McGee, they call you. It's it's very original. That's why I like it the most. It, it's very original. And uh, every time I see it, I'm like, man, I haven't seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> every time. Uh, would, would you say by this year, by year three we were getting jaded at Isekai Mike? Would you? What? No. Did you that far? No. No. Like I remember, I just remember in season one of this show in year one, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give all these things a chance. I'm gonna. I tried to give as much stuff as I could a chance, including all the Isekai and all the rom coms. And now, now when they pop up, I'm like, ah. <laughs> did you try to give Flyby to the moon the chance, Phil? Hell. Oh, he did, did not give, give that a chance. A chance he did <laughs> not give it, that a chance. I gave it a chance. You did not. I gave it exactly one chance, and it <laughs> failed. You gave it one chance. It is stupid. <laughs> yeah, and that's what drives Mike, man. <laughs> what people being dumb? Yes. Oh, Why man, would it be well, dumb, Mike? Why would it be dumb? 
No, no, we're, we're going to keep this moving, otherwise we will be here until the end of the year. So, speaking of people being dubbed, the second competitor in this bracket, Pumpkin Knight, a horror manga, ongoing at seven volumes, written by Masaya Hokusono, art by Seima Tanaguchi. Now this, this is peak dub. So this uh, one was, yes. was uh, yes, pretty standard slasher fic-esque kind of thing where somebody was wrong they were bullied and burned by a group of kids and then they go out to take revenge it's a very i know what you did last summer-esque I mean, kind of is affair. it revenge or is it just wanton murder <laughs> it was wanton murder oh it's it's a massacre <laughs> it's an open massacre it's like how is there anyone left alive on the earth when she starts <sighs> killing off people who are completely unrelated it's just like okay this isn't revenge anymore this is just with like the sharpest tools we've ever seen because <laughs> they had like the knife scooper combo yeah they would just like <laughs> the ice cream scoop <laughs> yeah they would ice cream scoop out <laughs> people's eyes in one clean swoop oh it oh. was like why <laughs> the meat hook through the boob meat hook through the boob that did happen yep I, th- I think this is still one of the best art series we've had. Yeah, like it was very creative. Like you're, we're saying violence. all these things, and the visuals are coming vividly to mind. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it, it was very, very creative with its violence. It very, was very creative. Visceral. Visceral, yes, yes but it, it never quite. It never went full pooper. Yeah, like it never straight into the the mound of flesh. Kind of like I don't know what what I'm looking at, kind of situation. But Pumpkin Night wasn't terrible it was just a lot of like bad was... logic takes that just to move the story along talking about it now it kind of reminds me a bit of Sabasa we read in year two uh you're you're my killer match or something like that was it i recognize the name but i can't remember the plot it was the one where we were just like why has he not called the police but pumpkin knight kind of reminds me of that a little bit just as we're talking about it here yeah it was like no, it very was a much group so, of kids, yeah. basically, who were being picked off by the girl that they bullied and yes. previously burnt and things, and it was like, mm-hmm. they refused to go to the police. Now, admittedly, they had a reason for not going to the police, because it was, we're the ones that put her in this situation. I don't know, man, but at that point. At the point. At the point she's actually murdering people, it's like... Yeah, yeah. when she's, like, stuck a fucking traffic pole through two police officers, I feel, <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, you know what? We'll get back to your crimes. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? Sure, you're going to be punished for that, but let's stop that first. I mean, that's the question for half of this manga. Like, <laughs> why? Like, it makes you pretty visuals, but why? <laughs> like, it's very much, in my memory of it is very much, if you turn your brain off, turn all the logic centers of your brain off, and just watch it or read it like you'd watch a slasher fic, like yeah. your Screams or your Jasons or whatever, then... It can be a somewhat enjoyable experience in that way. If you are looking for deep story with like twists and turns and mysteries, which it did kind of try to do, this was this was not it. It was too dumb it, for that. Psychedelic horror, it wasn't, but um, gore yeah. porn slash flick, it definitely was. Yeah, so not the worst thing in the world, but it's like it is. It's not a cerebral read. Let's put it that way. In so yeah. much as, well, unless you want to see the brains, in which case. You... <laughs> Do. But speaking, speaking of films, that's a uh, a neat segue into the final series in this group. Oh my god, what could it be? 
from our most recent episode, The Last Exorcist, Endergeister, aka Suino Tamashi, Endergeister, supernatural action manga, ongoing at 12 volumes, uh, and written by Takashi Yomiyama, and it also has a prequel manga. This one uh, was jerking itself off to the films that it was parodying. Uh, what didn't really parody them either. <laughs> I, what are you on about? That, that's Clint Eastwood right there. There, there was a Clint Eastwood-looking motherfucker. Clint Eastwood, and our protagonist is called Akira Kurosawa, because that's a famous it, director. I mean, so I learned. That, that was a pseudonym, very clearly a pseudonym. Yeah, uh, yeah, pseudonym. sure, but the point was like it, it fucking loved the mangaka of this. Fucking loves movies. Yeah, but the every it all the way down to the point that every chapter title was like a random movie title, but they had yeah. nothing to do with the chapter. Yeah, I, I mean, considering this was the most recent episode we did, and admittedly, I've not edited this one at the time of recording yet. I'm still working my way through um the one before it, but uh, I don't remember a huge amount of this apart from shooty shooty bang bang and yeah, like, yes, it, it was it was a very action heavy series. It tried to combine like the monster hunting aspects of like action movies, the the TV show Supernatural, that kind of thing. Tried to combine that with, I guess. Very light, light-hearted comedy, I guess. And they also tried to build this world, which was like our world, but also full of monsters. So they would know, but everyone knew about it. So there's no way it would also be like our world in any way. And also, the man has the main character has some sort of demonic juju in him that's just desperate to get out. Oh yeah, he went Ichigo to you. He he pulled he, he pulled an Ichigo, Ichigo. Yes, he he fucking died, and then he didn't. Yes, and except he was a painted monster man yes and this thing wasn't terrible like i remember i was a little split on it but it wasn't terrible like it wasn't bad at all i don't think it's not exactly uh cinematic genius so to speak but it's it's it was it was fine i just remember they didn't do a lot with it what would in theory be its core parts of i need to go find my master or what the yeah. shit's going on here and instead it was just more here's a fight oh shit what the shit is going on here was a very prevalent question because it didn't explain shit. Like, I remember that. It was frustrating because it just didn't explain anything. It kind of expected you to figure it out, but didn't give you any context for figuring it out. It was mostly just running around shooting monsters. Monsters with interesting designs, especially oh, yeah. in the, like, the first scene where he was killing a group of kobolds or goblins or something like that. And uh, they all look like Dobby from Harry Potter. Yeah, yes. So let's move away from that and onto the uh, the showdown it is then. So Lona Life in Another World versus Pumpkin Knight versus The Last Exorcist and the Geister. Which one is the trashest of the three? It's actually a good question. Like I like because none of these are bad. None of these are bad, bad. <laughs> yeah, like none of these hurt uh, me. <laughs> honestly, this surprises me because. I would have thought for you two, there was a clear standout here. Well, okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's not Pumpkin Knight, because I respect Pumpkin Knight <laughs> somehow. Okay, yes. right. So, like, through sheer grotesquitude. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it, it commits to its bit. Yeah, committing to what it's trying to do, absolutely. It commits hard. So do I want the isekai that fails, or the action that fails? <laughs> If we're going for worst in this round, then... I, I, in fact, in every round. Yes, as in... I know what I meant. Then I would have to say Lona Life in Another World is the worst one of this. Because it just... It's just lying to you constantly. It's like, oh, I can't party up. Then stop doing it then. 
it it in fact did not commit to its bit. It, it very yeah. much not. Yes, if if like if Pumpkin Knight is being praised for committing, then this should very much be disregarded for doing the very opposite. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I feel I'm like I don't think Last Nexus Endergeister is brilliant, but I could see a world where a few volumes in, I was like, I might turn around on it, especially based off like Phil's comments in that episode at the end. But uh, whereas Lone Life in Another World, I don't see any way you could recover like there's no way you could deviate back to him being a loner at this point you've gone too far <laughs> yeah. into the whole this entire world structure now depends on him could you imagine though if just like volume three he just opts and moves to the other side of the world and just is alone just becomes now. a full-on hermit <laughs> yeah i can I imagine mean, it and it wouldn't be good just no, isekai him again and then isekai. there you go <laughs> it's isekai's all the way down oh I, I mean, there's probably a series that does that. That's an isekai. Yes, isekai. Probably. Oh, God. I mean, I know reverse isekai exists. So, isekai. The, yeah. Either way, load of life. Like, and this isn't like a Sean hates all isekai. This is just a you had one job and you failed. Yeah. So, I, I'm definitely throwing my vote to get rid of load of life here. So, uh, it, it will be going out. But, Phil, which one oh, for you? Oh, is yeah. Lo- load of life. Wait, what? Phil's turning on the isekai. Oh, my God. I mean, which one did you think I would pick? Not that. Right. So clearly I was going to pick one of the other two. <laughs> which would I have picked? I don't know. Just not the isekai. Like, I was, the... very fav- I was very favourable on Endergeister. Yeah, here's the thing with this bracket. Like, none of these are bad. But, like, none of them are bad in the sense that they're horrible, shouldn't exist, anger, anger, rage, whatever. Like, they're all fine in some regard. But loner life is just a... Uh, it's kind it's of a, lying to you. It's lying to you, and it's a bit of a mess because of it. And it's just like, they never even tried to play with their own premise. It, it doesn't even have the pretense that it's going to keep that up. It just yeah. very quickly it just goes, and then other people show up. Because like, <laughs> yes. I, I like to poke fun at Mike and be like, no, no, he, he totally doesn't party up. He never technically parties up. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it really is a technicality. Well, we're never even told, if I remember correctly, never even told what partying up even means in this world. No, like, we're told it is a thing, and he... It's a thing, and he can't do it, and and that matters. I'm not convinced we're ever actually told if it was a thing or not. Like, I don't think they ever actually described what a party in this context is. Like, do you mean, like, a birthday party? Can he not do that? Yeah, I think it was just literally, like, you can party up with people, and it's like, it doesn't explain what it is. And part of me wants to say... They didn't say he couldn't. It's just that a lot of his stuff, like his stupid skills, relied on him not doing. It. I, you so, know, like, what, it was you like know disadvantages felt... for him to do. I, I don't. Know. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But I never have to think about that series again now. Yeah. It's gone. So God, boom, out. Lonely life in another world. First casualty of this tournament. So Group B. So our first one for this, uh, a classic from yesteryear, one of Mike's picks, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, a.k.a. Hoshi no Samadare, an action drama manga that's finished at 10 volumes, art and writing by Satoshi Mizukame. You can buy the manga, all of it, through Seven Seas or read it online over on Crunchyroll, and you can stream the one season of the anime over on Crunchyroll as well. But why would you, based off what Mike's told me? What are you talking about? It's it's critically acclaimed. I'm pretty sure I load because I did all the research for this in like the hours before this, and I'm pretty sure on Mal the anime's under six. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it's bad um, on Mal. Uh, I believe the term is slide so slide show garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's the term. Not that I saw the Ragnarok in it. <laughs> Pretty oh, much, yeah. Like the house husband. Or... I'm sure there's some keyframes in there somewhere. <laughs> that, that is, in fact, probably all there is. <laughs> yes, there's no tweening. But it's fine because even though the anime sucked, we can all agree that the manga sucked. also sucked. And on awards, don't you know? It, I mean, <laughs> I didn't write those down, but I'll take your word for it. No, it's got a very devoted fan base. It, it has that, considering it got animated like a decade after it finished. Who love this and definitely haven't sent me death threats because of what I said. I, have, has has anyone? <laughs> no. Okay, good. <laughs> Just, just to be clear, no. It's like this is a this has a very, very devoted fan base, and I guess I can see why. I don't know, man, because I'm pretty sure I watched like one of those like hot anime of the season, like things that you link, you guys link every now and again. One of them was like, yeah, this for the biscuit have a dear place in my heart. Woo, happy for this to get an anime, and I'm like, now, admittedly, again, we only read two volumes, obviously, for this. We do, so maybe it gets great. But I read two volumes and was like, this is shit because. <laughs> <laughs> The story is nonsensical, to say the least. And the whole core premise of it is that there is a giant biscuit hammer hovering over the earth, ready to strike it and shatter it, presumably like a biscuit. And you, but you can only see the hammer if it's pointed out to you. And that hammer is put there by a malicious wizard who the protagonists are trying to stop with their ill-defined magic powers of like jumping and kicking really good and the way that they try to stop them is by sending child's drawing style demons at them putty monsters i think i called them yeah but they they really do look like they've been taken off of the fridge first like because a child drew it and then but the reason that they're actually trying to stop the wizard from doing this is because one of the protagonists wants to be the one to destroy it themselves because they're going to die early and they've taken ownership of the world and if she can't have it, no one can, essentially. It's really weird. And then you have like the nihilistic main character who's like, you know what, yeah, I like <laughs> this girl. I'm going to help her destroy the world. My overriding memory of the plot is that the, one might say the fundamental motivation for the character is the mm -hmm. abuse he received at the hands of his grandfather. And yeah. Uh, that's oh, really that's really shaped his whole character, and then oh. in the space of ten pages, he um, forgives and uses his one and only wish to heal him from dying. And also, the grandfather was it was only because while he was with him, as soon as he moved out, he, he got better. <laughs> yeah, Fucking just destroyed its that. own foundational structure within like, mere it's, pages. <laughs> it's clear that they wanted to like address the potentially negative portions that you might see as negative portions of the character. And so they're like, we're going to address this whole backstory early as we can, just to get it out of the way. Forgetting that once they got it out of the way, the motivation no longer made sense. <laughs> like, there's even, like, in the, the background of this whole thing, as a result of being forcibly signed up to this war, because this guy does not want to be involved, because he's like, no, I'm going to fucking die. And you know what? Fair. And, but because of that, he gets one wish, one ill-defined rules wish. And that wish can be anything, asterisk. And he's like, oh, I, I've got one wish. I don't really want this wish, uh, okay? But if I have to spend it, I'll spend it on something that I want. Now nah, I'm going to 
heal this guy who's done nothing but abuse and belittle me and I'm going to forgive him because I had a single conversation with him. And I'm not saying that couldn't happen. I'm just saying that the way it's presented completely lacks nuance. It was the absolute heel turn of it. And that's the defining motivation for the character for wanting to destroy the world. Asterisk. And then he doesn't want to do that anymore. But that, that was the other thing. So we sort of said there, like, there's this princess character again, sort of like a title rather than an oh, you, you actual mean, princess. You mean yeah. Lucifer herself, who we've barely talked about because she is barely yes, who wants to destroy the world. Yeah, but she has the knights. Is what our main character is, and they all have like animal companions, for lack of a better term. And our main character's one is just like constantly like. Hey, 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 no, you probably shouldn't be doing anything evil. I've got my eye on you. And then just proceeds to either ignore or remain blissfully unaware that he's actively talking about destroying the world. Yeah. I think the idea was always meant to be like a that was, that was like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, in joke kind of moment where it's like, oh, yes, with my power, I'm going to destroy the world. <laughs> but I'd never do that seriously. Or would I? <laughs> But it doesn't come off that way. I was going to say, it doesn't come off that way. At no point does it feel like he's choking about it. He's and, very yeah, much like, at the whims of Lucifer. It's very much them... that They set up from, like, page one. This guy hates the world. And so he would like nothing more than the world to just be dead around him, to be destroyed around him. And so we're going to give this guy, presumably, eventually, godlike powers and expect him to be nice. Why? I don't know. That that's Lucifer the Biscuit Hammer, cult classic, but um, for some reason. But <laughs> for, funny, for some reason. Moving on. So speaking of earlier of uh, sentient creatures, our next series is Re Monster, an isekai manga, uh, ongoing with fourteen volumes of a light novel and nine volumes of the manga, written by Kogisune Kanekiro, art by Haruyoshi Kobayakawa. Uh, seven seas have released six volumes of this, and there's also a side story, light novel. It's fine when he does it. Oh, man. Th- this was going okay until... <laughs> until it wasn't. Until the chapter that it wasn't, yeah. It's fine when he does it. <laughs> oh, uh, no rape. That's bad. Don't rape. But if I, if I pump these people full of aphrodisiac until they break <laughs> down and say, please... Fuck oh, that's me. as good as consent right there. <laughs> they said yes. <laughs> yeah, the word yes and consent are the same thing, don't you know? Uh... So, to go over what it was, it was the Isekai, where the guy came from a world where people had special abilities already. Yeah, that was a weird thing. And his was he could eat everything. Like, didn't yes. matter what it was, he could just eat it. And then he would gain abilities from well, no, that's, it. That's what, what he got was. in the Isekai world. He got to carry over his super special ability. Right, right. But he reincarnated as a goblin and proceeded to eat everything and, you know, standard power fantasy Isekai becomes god. But yeah. It was it was very boring because we got told of literally ad nauseum everything he ate and how that made him gain the ability to stink and other things like that. And it, it wouldn't have been so bad if it was just... Because it has a reputation for being like uh, a very much a no-no, and Phil prepped us for that in advance. But like for the first three quarters of it, I was like, you know, it's it's boring, but... It's pretty standard. 
Yeah, I was going to say, there's nothing here that's really like, yeah, the goblin, there's a bit at the start about the goblins raping people, but for the main, he seems against that. And Yeah, like he actually puts a stop to that shit ASAP. Yeah. And, you so, know, there's a bit there's a bit of grooming with the female characters, but the Isekai, they're, they're not slaves, at least. Uh, mm, they want mm. hostages. Yeah, it's it's murky like a lot of them, yeah, but, you know, yes. there's not outright rape and then there's outright rape. Yeah. There was Stockholm Syndrome and then there was the... If the worst it got was that Stockholm yeah. Syndrome stuff, then, as we said in the episode, it would be like a comparison to, like, bloody... Um, Black, Black Summoner. Summoner and uh, space mercenaries where it's like it's a bit questionable on consent here but it's not forced whereas then yeah then he after yeah. he has elves and using his own bodily fluids may yeah. i point out just because yeah. that after makes it more the tournament so he could just kill all the ugly ones that he didn't want to fuck and oh then... fuck yeah that happened <laughs> why did you do this he set up the rest of the manga until this point trying to evolve past the brutality and the savagery of your goblin society. Literally trying to make the place better by outlawing this shit. I was gonna say, the rest of the manga up until that point was just funny isekai tropes of, that I hate. Of like, oh man, I, this person's come to ask me to help them save them. And in doing so, I conveniently stumble into a gigantic trove of magical weapons that I will proceed to use and hand out to my entire community oh, for yeah. the rest of the manga. Yeah, like, this this guy gets pretty much everything not so much given to him, like, he does have to work for it a bit. The whole thing's, like, frustratingly written as well, because it's called Re-Monster, like, R-E colon monster, so I'm assuming it was meant to be, like, a diary entry or, like, a log of some kind describing literally what happened. Because that's how the thing's I mean, written. It, it does. I, I was, was going to say, say if you're like, going to say it doesn't describe. It describes in painful detail everything. Yeah, like it literally describes everything. It's like day fifteen. I took a shit. And then on the brief moments where it doesn't describe it, it lets the action do the talking. You're like, I have no idea what's happening. Can we go back? Yeah, there's a, like one of the bigger fight scenes we got to see was like against a bear, and yes. he lost his arm in yeah. that fight, and. I have a distinct memory of being like, wait, when did he lose his arm? <laughs> like, obviously there was a panel where he lost his arm, but it did not follow the natural flow of combat or any kind of scene that that would happen. And it just was very, very difficult to read. Like, the, the action was kind of terrible. Yeah. I think the thing that ultimately makes this one quite bad for me is even if, and you should never ignore it, but even if you do <laughs> somehow ignore all the rapey shit, the actual story we're given is so bland. I feel like um, Sean, or one of you guys, made a comparison in the episode to it's like reading an MMORPG combat log or something. Like, it's literally just reading what happened after the fact uh, with, like, no art or... It's just very, very dry the whole way through because of it. And it's just, it's very boring. And it's literally just describing what you would assume would be the prelude to an actual story, except the story never starts. Yeah, because you get like a lot of, oh, I ate this thing and I gained this skill. And that happens a lot. Like but every chapter. it becomes a of like, why do we care that he's gotten that Because more often than not, it just never comes up again. Yeah, uh, even though the thing did at some point say, oh, I, I guess I don't know what skills would be useful. Even I get to use this stinky skill I got. I didn't know that would be useful, yes. but here we are. It's like, okay. Yeah. All right. Just, just <laughs> kept going and going and going. And as I hit, you're like, okay, so it's worst crimes being a boy in a sky. And then 
and then that, and, and then, then it's fine when he does it. Yes, uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's. Oh, I hate this segue. Yeah. Speaking of rape, as, now, yeah, is Gal cleaning in this? I'm about to say. I feel. I was going to say. I feel this is a pretty easy choice on this group, unless the final one. Gal cleaning. Certain, yeah, yeah. A manga <laughs> that has finished at two volumes slash twenty five chapters, written and drawn by Shiwata Rimuni Mura. Yeah. Actually, quite similar, similar structure. <laughs> yeah, you know, he cleans, he gets a skin. Oh. Oh, first no, you volume. See, you see, Remonster, at least. Oh, I hate this. Remonster, rape makes sense in context. It, it also kind of has it off to one side. It just kind of goes, this is a thing we're going to fade to black. Whereas Gal Cleaning <laughs> goes, yes, yes, uh, I'm going to torch this series into the ground as I walk out the door and give yeah. you a whole volume. It started off as trashy all. fan service and yeah, to then try, became trash. To try and be as fair as possible to this thing, it the first volume and the second volume are very different. Oh, very absolutely. Different. Yes. The first volume, I can honestly see people enjoying that because it is a bit fan servicey and it's just a guy begrudgingly, I guess, is cleaning this person's house, who is like a complete slob, potentially hoarder. Just like the house is a complete, complete trash tip, completely unsalvageable, essentially. And this guy is going through cleaning this person's Each house. Each chapter and... is like, oh, today, oh, the bathroom, oh, yeah, the, the kitchen. living room or the kitchen. Yeah. And it gives you some actual, I assume, legitimate cleaning tips along the way. And the relationship these two have is not terrible. Uh, it's not great, but it's not terrible. Uh, the characters can have little like moments of personality and fun. And then you get to the second volume, where apparently behind the scenes some shit went down. Well, the second no, volume, first of all, the, the first part of the second volume, they decide, oh man, I better ramp up the fan service by having yeah. a whole bunch of chapters where she goes to school but forgot to wear her pants. So it's yes. just... Yes. Somehow manages to repeatedly flash him and not be aware that she's not wearing pants. An entire saga of she's not wearing underwear jokes. Yep, and then magically she seems to suddenly become very aware that she's not wearing pants and gets herself in a locker with our protagonist. It's like, oh, is that? That's where this is going. At which point they're found by uh, the student council president, a character who we've not been introduced to before. And then we tangent off on her. And for some reason... For some reason, the author decided that what we really needed to see was a several chapter long prolonged sexual assault. And you see it in pretty graphic detail. And it seems like it goes on for ages. And it's not there for any reason because it just ends by the protagonist running in and hitting them with a broomstick. It's it's even worse, Mike, because then they cut to the chapter afterwards where she's staring at the photo blankly as if it's just, just recalling another day on life. And then the two of them oh, have a discussion oh, as if this event never happened. Oh, yeah. It, he very much has the vibe of new phone who dis afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that character wasn't even slightly important because right after that, they go back to uh, the I mean, right previous after that, story. Well, yeah, they, they right finish cancelled, Mike. Well, yes, but they finish out the story by going like, 
Oh, I had to stop cleaning for you. Ah, I'm sad. Don't worry, we'll be friends forever. Uh, I was I was clearly thinking at the volume one thing where it's like, no, no, you can't leave. First, you must clean, clean. the toilet. Yes, that was <laughs> your just favorite like, bit. That did happen. It's just so fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is some weird fucking power move. It's like right some here. kind of funeral scene where it's like, yes. <laughs> We will commemorate One... our relationship by cleaning the toilet. <laughs> Which wasn't even, like, that bad. Like, I remember it like, It looked fine. <laughs> it's because he'd already clearly been cleaning it. Because one of the first wow. rooms he cleaned was the bathroom, funnily enough. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so oh, it is difficult to discuss this thing just because of, like, how horribly that Volume 2 went. But Volume 1 and Volume 2 are very, very different. I can honestly understand people enjoying the first volume of this manga. I didn't, but some people would. And If you, if you like trash and fan service, then... Yeah. And, but then, man, like the, uh, the author wanted to burn that bridge to the ground, and he did so in think, horrific fashion. talked a bit in the episode. No one really knows why. I think common speculation was... It had been axed, but he'd been contracted to do two volumes or something. Yeah, also people were being mean to him online or something. Yeah, and he basically just went, fuck you, I'm burning this to the ground. And it's that's putting it mildly. Yeah, and I, I, I remember, and I, this is still my feeling, it's like, this is the thing you go to as the nuclear option. That means that shit's knocking around in your head. And like that's that's what you consider to be the worst thing. And it's like, wow, you actually had the cognitive ability to put this to paper. Like, on some level, you're thinking about this enough that this is what your brain goes to, and you're using it. You're not, you're not just, it's not just there. You're using this as your vehicle to be the worst possible. It's like, wow, you, you lowered yourself to that. That's disgusting. And yeah, that's why I'm pretty certain gal cleaning's gonna, I was gonna say win, lose this category. Uh, in fact, yeah, fuck it, yeah, I'm I'm voting gal cleaning. Get rid of it. Oh, um, right, yeah. So Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer versus Remonster versus gal cleaning for Trashist, and Mike has uh, very early on made his statement for gal cleaning. Yeah, it's just disgusting. And even if you discount the rapey stuff, like you would, like I said, to do with Remonster, it's just at best okay. Although weird situation the first half of gal cleaning is better than the first half of remonster <laughs> but the second half is that much worse than the second half of remonster it's weird but it yeah gal cleaning I, awful i don't know like it's one thing to just have a random out of nowhere throwaway sexual assault scene which is horrible but also you could literally just skip those chapters and not notice anything Whereas Remonster, it's built in, and you can't really skip the whole part where he uh, pumps people full of aphrodisiac and breaks them to the point of sexual I consent. feel you could. I don't think you would lose anything narrat- narratively. Narratively. Nah, because like, there'll probably be a bit afterwards where you're like, wait, who are these characters? Why is he fucking that random elf? What's going on there? Whereas I, in Galpini... You could just skip it and be like, oh, okay, that was weird. Oh, no, she'd be like, oh, why does the student council president like 
the main character, even though they've never met. Well, you know, you don't know that because you would they would never be brought up. They'd just be uh, talking. Nah, I see. You're, then... just gonna, you're gonna erase the whole character. No, no, she can like she appears. They do the bit where he accidentally kisses her, or whatever, and then they're in their office, and then that's it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that that pretty much is it. That that is the end of the series. Yeah. So, uh, and then Lucifer the Biscuit Harrow is also shit. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, that's a thing in this category. Honestly, right, I feel yeah. like Lucifer and the Biscuit Harrow. Lucifer and the Biscuit Harrow is the lesser of two shits. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's yeah it's getting off easy in this round. Like that's, that's what it's got going for it here. It's also here. When I, when I drafted up this bracket, uh, his people at home can play along and guess which one. There was I knew that there was from what the brackets were, there was one which was going to be tricky because they were all shit. There's one that's going to be tricky because they're all pretty all right. And then there's one that will hurt me personally. But, um, <laughs> and this is the one it. where they're all shit. <laughs> I, 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 Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer is... Uh... It's better than the other two, quite easily. I mean, um, is it? It, it I mean, doesn't this is have rape better, in it. I was going to say, it's better by virtue of not having problematic content. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't, I don't know if that necessarily makes it better as such. It just makes it less uh, problematic. I guess, for me then, it comes down to, like, Lucifer is, yeah, the lesser of the evils, and I can somewhat believe that maybe there's a world where it turns it around, whereas... Remonster and Galclean, I would have no interest whatsoever in reading past the two volumes, irregardless of the rate. So I guess it now comes down to which one of like the volume ones I or like the non-rate bits I could get by, and I guess because it did have a few semi-decent comedies and wasn't just a boring combat log with then boring action scenes. <laughs> I vote Remonster. <laughs> Remonster's the worst. I vote Remonster. Oh, okay. It's a so, one for one. So, Phil, since you're definitely not going to pick Lucifer in the Biscuit <laughs> Hammer, break the tie. <sighs> like, I honestly feel like there could be a justification for Lucifer, but honestly, like, it really is a case of just like, it's it's not got any rape in it. it, it just, the others are that much worse. It just I'll, I'll gets tell you now, through by default. I know what the backup is if it, if it is a split house. So, oh, you know I promise you, it's, not, it's not. I'm not voting Lucifer <laughs> out. <laughs> Like say it, it's bad, and I think in any other bracket it has potential to be the worst. But with these three, like that is the clear winner of these three. Like I want that one going through. <laughs> like, You'll break the tie, Phil. <laughs> like Remonster was, it was a diary. There was a lot of text, and like I'm someone who doesn't mind reading. Especially, like it comes up every so often when we do other series. It's like, oh my god, there's so much text. And I was like, ah, it was fine. Now, read Monster. I was like, oof, this is this is going some. And then, like, up until towards the end, where all the problematic bits happen, it's just fine. It's a standard isekai power fantasy. Nothing amazing. Nothing stand out. Fine. And then you get the rate, and it happens all off screen at least, but it does happen, and it's. I think in Remonster's case, it's also made worse by the fact you do have bits earlier on where the main character is like, no, 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 this is clearly very wrong. I've got to help these women that are being kept hostage and forced to do this, that, and the other. And like, he goes out of his way to stop exactly what he then goes on to do. And then you have Gal Cleaning, where you just have to completely disregard an entire volume because 
it decides not to fade to black. It decides to go into rather graphic detail. And I think just for that merit, it's got to be Cal Cleaning that gets my vote. Like, at least Remonster faded to black and didn't show you anything problematic in that. It's a very, sense. very thin margin. Right yeah, there. like, it's still very problematic. It's telling you it's happening. But <laughs> it's not it's surviving not showing you. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, honestly. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out. So there you have it. Uh, Lucifer and Remonster go through. Gal cleaning, predictably, falls by the wayside where it belongs. Oh, the irony that it was voted trash. <laughs> uh, yes, in the garbage where it should be. So let's uh, let's transition to a cheerio note then. Group three. Oh, no, I know which one's losing this one. <laughs> okay, uh, group three. So, first of all, then, we have God's Activity in a World Without Gods, a.k.a. Kaminaki Sakai no Kamisama Katsudo. This is an ongoing isekai manga with six volumes out. Written by Aoi Akashiro, art by Sonjo Hangetsvan. Uh, there is a currently airing anime one season that you can watch on Crunchyroll. Cults are bad unless he does it. <laughs> there's no such such thing as religion but but you're clearly all in a cult there's no such thing cults of religions in the series it was very much like the loner life argument it was like no 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 he can't party up but he's totally in a party no 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 there's no religion in this world but they're all in a cult because it was him making religion on the one hand yes no the problem was they all the people that already lived in that world were already in effectively this a cult. crazy religion that could somehow write off in absolute insanity and being like, like oh. just like oh yeah who wouldn't mind it just dying that, yeah. that was the whole thing it was just like if the emperor says die you just go oh yes gladly sir and, it's and like, then oh what? my god that person got killed and then came back from the dead oh well <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was another weirdly non-committal example we've had from the last year like, I no, no i don't no, think it was like... non-committal <laughs> I I do, but like go its on. premise was always going to be that the solution, like for whatever reason, the fourth solution to the problems uh, the protagonist was having was to create a religion. He wasn't banned from making religion. I was going to say that was always going to be the story. He was going to be like, "Ah, oh, I hate religion," and oh, conveniently, there's nothing here. But for reasons, I have to make it. It's like, oh, the empire's going to come and wipe us all out now, and blah blah blah. And he's like, "Well, we've got God on our side." And the guy's like, yeah, but my powers are dependent on people believing in me. So he's like, well, conveniently, as the son of the head of a cult, I know exactly how to get people to join a cult. And the answer is, you go, here's a combine harvester, and you get a combine <laughs> harvester, and you get a combine yeah. harvester. And also boobs. And, and yeah, now this medieval society, we're going we're gonna to introduce like boobs and lewdness. We're going to introduce electricity, clean oh, water. That, that was the other thing as well, wasn't it? They had a really childlike innocence around sex like at what point they go and like oh my god we found a dirty magazine and it's like some characters did but also then the one of them was willing to do bondage with the protagonist so i I don't know if i'd say childlike i mean they were willing to do bondage once they learned what sex actually was was the point I right, sure, but in the nicest way, if you're pulling I mean, out the, yes. the candles I, i'm not gonna say childlike innocence <laughs> Also, he had a best friend who was then wanted to fuck the lolly and was presented God, as an yes. absolute degenerate. Yes. Because he was an absolute 
like he because he is an absolute degenerate. <laughs> yeah. But and this thing couldn't it, it, like it couldn't help itself as well. Like it had to introduce like characters with different power ranks and shit. Like there was like these special soldiers you who had were the council and the I, I can't the remember the archons. name they gave them. Archon, Me and Phil had a very, we had a very big debate on what is an archon. <laughs> like. It, they for some reason they had to introduce all that as well. I'm like, why? Because you got a cool fight scene, Mike. You got a very cool fight scene out of it. Because sure. they're totally not gods, Mike. <laughs> sure, you got a fight scene, but you didn't need to introduce this entire subsect of ah oh, superpowers work like this. Like, no, you've got magic over there and a god there. Just fucking that's fine. You don't need a ranking system for this. Oh, but how would they know? Like, just show them. Tell me, just show me. I don't know if that was an overblown ranking system. I think it was more just t- titles that we were arguing about there. The, yes. the, the one I remember being the most dumb is how there was like the lead of the guard who got killed and then reborn as a woman. And then right, that happened, yeah. they were all like, nah, you're clear. Who are you? Get the fuck out. It's like, but I've got their sword. And <laughs> if you use your magical DNA scanner that some of your people have. They did have that, yeah. <laughs> clearly tell immediately who i am see that's the kind of shit that also annoys me like a lot it's they introduce means of like detecting someone like regardless of what they look like now like we can tell exactly who this person is like it it reads your energy or some shit and then they're like no that doesn't work like why doesn't it work you didn't have to explain the thing for it to not work later. I mean, let's say they didn't work, just they didn't use it. They just went, ah, fuck off, mate. Like, <laughs> they just went, oh no, Captain died. Ignore the fact that like 100 people just watch him come back to life as a woman. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. it, it, had, it had a bunch of plot holes, but I also liked the very dry humor because if I recall correctly, the writer of this had also done some work on Konosuba, and as a big Konosuba fan, it is very much. Ah, yes. Give me that dry, satirical, biting humor. See, my memory of this whole thing was that it was just kind of boring. Yeah, you hated it. Yeah, like, I just I just remember being a little bit bored by pretty much everything they tried to do because it pretended it was unique, but was co- actually quite generic. And it tried to have this whole cult angle, which, yeah, could have gone somewhere, but wasn't really utilized all that well. Like, it was utilized just like... Not in a way that was interesting. It was very backgroundy. It was, background-y. It was yeah. like, yeah, we've made a cult. It's like, uh, oh, all right then. Yeah, this one's on well, on a chopping block of sorts. Well, fuck you, I guess. So, <laughs> well, well, we'll see. We'll see if it if it ends up getting the chop because um, we're going almost all the way back to the start of year three now for our next one. Way back uh-huh. when, cast your mind back. When the nights were dark, as we read Call of the Night, uh, a.k.a. Yofukashi no Uta, a ongoing rom-com manga with 15 volumes written and drawn by Kotoyama. Uh, Visit released 11 volumes, and you can watch the first season over on High Dive. Oh, man, talk about being bored. Yeah, oh, you do, <laughs> you do remember this one, at least, then. Okay. Yeah, I do. Oh, this was fucking hilarious, and I loved it. <laughs> I was going to say, you really hated this one, from what I remember. I don't think hate really came into it. I like okay. it was. I mean, maybe my opinions have changed in very much in hindsight. I don't think they have from the way you're speaking. I do remember <laughs> being kind of boring, but the whole premise of it was there's a guy who just likes being at, he's a night person, he likes being outside at night, it's quieter, cooler, whatever. And 
then he meets up with this vampire girl and he's like i want to be a vampire and she's like no the only way you can be a vampire is if i love you i'm gonna make you love me and that's that's the rom-com that, aspect clear, of it. Yeah. other way around other way around he has to genuinely fall in love with her uh, no because i thought that was the whole point where like he she had to love him and so he was gonna like make her fall in love with him. That she has to bite him when that um, because like one of the chapters is like he's done. I've done it. I've cracked it. I'm in <laughs> love. And then it's like no, no, you're just lusting after me. Right. Okay. <laughs> Silly little kid. Yeah. Like it was. It was just a bit weird. Charming, and... lovely, innocent, happy, <laughs> pure, dumb, Maybe not pure. boring, <laughs> Get disgusting, <out>. <laughs> repugnant. <laughs> I, should be burned <laughs> okay obviously i'm exaggerating because this that, thing is like been playing too much vampire survivor <laughs> <laughs> obviously it's not a horrible piece and i can see other people liking it just on that premise but i remember finding it very very boring and i remember some of the jokes i did enjoy like there were some slapstick parts of her like walking out of window or falling out of window that was funny and like uh, walking into walls and stuff or something like that like i vaguely remember these and i remember them getting a chuckle out of me but i remember the characters were all just a bit i felt like they were a bit one note and i remember they like the whole the relationship they had going was very very forced no, no get out like their chemistry was brilliant they were charming. No, I, I never got that. With each other. I just, I just felt it was a whole thing was just kind of dull. But having said that, I'm not the rom-com guy here. You're also not the slice of life guy. And that's what this thing is both. See, of. I so, wouldn't even say it's slice of life because when you when you're at the point of like vampires and kicking people off roofs, I feel. I, I understand what you're saying, but also they're very minor to most chapters. Like, most yeah. chapters are, what are we going to do tonight, brain? A lot of the vampire stuff, and granted, you couldn't just lift it straight out. It would be a very different story at that point. But a lot of the vampire stuff doesn't really come into play a lot of the time. Like, a lot of the time, it's just him trying to, or trying to become a vampire, but through their mechanism that it we discussed earlier. It doesn't go into in-depth of, like, the mechanics of vampires, but I remember arguing that that was for the best rather than being like for vampires out in the sun for 10 well, seconds no. it takes five lethal and then... i'm not trying to and it's aggravated i'm not trying to <laughs> i'm not and it's three i'm not trying to say <laughs> i'm not trying to say that it needed mechanical blow obviously it didn't need that but the fact that they are vampires beyond the whole they are nocturnal thing you don't re you never really find out what the advantage or disadvantage of that is. Like, what is the guy even giving up? Why would this be a thing that he wouldn't want to do? Like, I obviously you can see why he does want to, but what are the drawbacks to this? And that's never discussed. There are many times in this series where it pulls the joke of "Let's go to bed," and like, and one of the guys is like, uh, "What? Oh no!" Like, <laughs> but I'm and, yes. Oh, you mean actually just, just you, going to uh, sleep? You, you actually mean sleep, not. <laughs> okay. They actually mean sleep, not like in sort of online. Comedy, Mike. <laughs> Comedy. Haha. <laughs> there ain't no glopping here. Oh. That's the thing. I can't by all right say this was bad, because I don't think it was. And I do think it was funny at times. It's just everything around that was just dull. And I'm not sure you can convince me otherwise. Well, 
I tell you what then, Mike. You know what's better than having one rom-com in a bracket? Do tell. Oh, man. Two rom-coms. A couple of rom-coms. A couple of cuckoos, in fact. Kako no Inazuke, a ongoing rom-com manga, 16 volumes, uh, written and drawn by Miki Yoshikawa. Uh, you can get the first 11 volumes digital only via Kadansha. And there is one season of the anime, which you can get on Crunchyroll, nominated for the 2022 Kadansha Manga Award for Shonen Manga. So I remember the title of this. That's a good start. Don't remember what actually happened in it, though. Swapped at birth. Yeah. Right. No, okay. Yep. I got you. Yep. I got it. The male and female leads were swapped at birth. And then the parents were like, well, we've got the perfect solution to this. We'll just have you get married. Yeah, that's stupid. But also, um, I remember having a rant about this and informing Sean of the phenomenon that is people getting swapped at birth and how uh, yeah, surprisingly yeah, common it is. I feel it, I it had the rant of being like, this doesn't make sense. And then you were like, oh no, this is a thing. Actually. No, it's, a, it's only a thing. I wouldn't say it's like common, but it does no. happen. Usually it doesn't happen along gender lines because typically you know if you've birthed a boy or a girl. I think that was something we all pointed out like pretty yeah. early on as well. It's like, all right, fine, maybe the hospital screws up, but surely, like, as soon as the parents come to change, they go, hang on a minute, my baby either has or does not have a dick as appropriate. I, I <laughs> guess it depends on when they, having not given birth, I don't, I don't you know. Not? Like, oh. Oh, it's, I not? One day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know when, like, the birth certificate, oh, I don't know if you, like, immediately look at the i suppose yeah a lot of people go it's a boy it's might a not necessarily but yeah like normally someone would say it it's a boy or it's a girl or, and i know you don't necessarily need to find out but i feel most parents tend to find out the gender of the baby before it's like born. immediately yes because how else are you going to hold your mad gender reveal party where you burn <laughs> down half of the forest of california here's a good idea don't <laughs> i agree don't do that Just... what, is it? what does it matter <laughs> It, do- it doesn't. <laughs> but uh, there's actually a, a pretty famous, it's a famous scene in a gangster movie of some kind where for one gangster family to like get back at another one, they go to the hospital where one of their daughters or something has just given birth and they just switch all the babies around so they don't know whose baby is whose. And this exact thing happens. It's not so much that they switched at birth. And no, they notice. Like, immediately they notice that that's not the same gender baby. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know how you wouldn't notice, is my point. And they don't, and they grow up in blissful ignorance for many years, and then they do a DNA test or something at some point, and they figure it out. And then the parents are like, how, how can we... Because, you know, it would be nice if we got to hang out now that we know that we're kind of tied by fate. And like, yeah, oh, that's lovely. How can we ensure that this um, goes on? I mean, we could organise a brunch, or we could, like... <laughs> Family reunion every now and again, that could Yeah, work. Christmases, you know, birthdays and such. Or we could um, get our kids married. Arrange marriage our kids. Uh, what? But why? <laughs> like, because they're not on board with it at first, of course. The male lead particularly isn't on board with it, because he's already got his love interest. Yeah, exactly. And they're just trying to constantly force these kids together. And I say kids, they're like horny teenagers, so presumably they're trying to coerce these kids to bone. See, I would love to say they're not horny, but then he does walk around the house naked at one point, so (laughs) I can't really. That he do. He does do that. That entire scene is so fucking dumb. 
Like, he walks uh-huh. around the house naked. Okay, sure. You want to be naked in, in your house because they're sharing a house at this point. And you want to be naked in your house? Fine, whatever. You want to be free of clothes? It's your space. Do whatever the fuck you want. But someone comes home. It's like, oh no, someone's coming home. I need to hide. He doesn't go back to his room where his clothes are. He hides behind the kitchen counter for I no feel reason. That's because by the time he's realized he can't get back to his room in time. Nah, that's that's like, stupid. The house is massive. The so, house is massive, like, yes. By the time he hears him coming in. Yeah. It's it's a lot of very, very forced situations in the narrative sense. Oh yeah, it's very much forced of like you will be in a romantic relationship, which is Mildly annoying when, it's at least if you're in my case, you're like, ah, yes, the, there's the B female. I want that one. Like, I, <laughs> I'm invested in that relationship. I hate the fact that this is a rom-com where this won't work out the way I want it to. I want that one to be But when I, when I say the narrative sense, like, the, the story does everything it can to force these two characters together. And it doesn't care how ham-fisted it is. She accidentally posts a picture, which is a completely innocent-looking picture. But it kind of, sort of looked like she was in bed with a man, and that got her kicked out of school, even though she deleted it a few seconds later. Oh, kicked out of school. She now has to go to the male and yes. uh, protagonist school because she got kicked out for a potentially kind of, sort of scandalous picture if you squint at it a bit, which she then deleted immediately. So stupid. So stupid. Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah, as I say, I, I was far more invested in, and obviously the forced hole. And yeah, you're going to live together for some reason. And you get the inevitable, like, rich person moves to a poor person's place, and they're like, what, what is that? Like, where's your yes. house? Isn't this just <laughs> why, your dog why, house? Why are we in the shed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. And then, yeah, as I've... Oh, and there was a sister as well, because obviously there was. But at least she... By the end of Volume 2, she wasn't trying to fuck her brother yet. Uh, did you, uh, big, 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 big uh, emphasis on the word yet, yes. <laughs> like, it's very clear going that very way. hinted at. It's like, I'm pretty sure at one point it's like, Oh, so we're not related by blood, you say? It's like, no, no. But stop it's that. fine because he stop. has a rivalry with the other female character who I'm retconning as the lead, and that's mm. great. And their chemistry's great, and they the fighting they have is great, and they all try to constantly try to one up each other and outdo the other. And it's like nice teenage fun, and there's a whole bit of drama as well because she's also because like everyone in this fucking series, she's either betrothed or has someone from their past that they're they're gonna bang yeah like that make that the please make that it's always the. something else isn't it not just not just with this manga it's always something you know it's like something can't just be a plot point it has to be like a plot point with five twists it's always something like oh this is the this is the the rival girlfriend oh i hope they get together no she can't because she's secretly in tr- betrothed to eight other people oh fuck off damn Stop. only eight <laughs> <laughs> stop adding twists you no, don't Phil, need to add not twists reading that series stop that right now <laughs> like I mean, you don't need to add twists on twists on twists you could just tell a fucking story i mean i would argue when you've got a long-running series that you don't know where the end point is you're kind of hamstrung with having to add twists on twists that is also another problem like because you don't know when you're going to end and as far as you know you're going to be making this thing in perpetuity so you you can't have satisfying conclusions to anything because if you conclude something, you have to stop and you're not allowed to. So that is a problem with the industry. I, I agree. So to avoid this going in perpetuity, yeah. let's wind up Group C then. So it's uh, God's Activity in a World Without Gods versus Call of the Night versus a couple of cuckoos. 
Ah, uh, I didn't even have this one as the hard one for me. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, you, could, you could do me first. <laughs> I, I like I all of them. <laughs> I, it, you could just throw it to me first. This is a very easy one for me. I really? Because you've shat on all of them. I know, but it's still a very easy choice. I was going to say, I feel like I can immediately tell which one Mike's going for. Yeah, but I'm trying to avoid him saying it. So, <laughs> Mike, then, if you're already set, take it oh, away. Oh, yeah. The religion in other world isekai, whatever it's called. Yeah, like, it's of the three of them, I don't like rom-coms. Obviously, I don't. But I recognize shit when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> and the two rom-coms... They have a lot of very, very good points. Like, you have made... I may not like them, but you've made very good points in their favour. What points in favour do we have for the shitty religion Ishakai, whatever the fuck it's called? It was funny. Good art. No, the art was fine. The characters... The, the fight was amazing. The fight looked brilliant. Okay, one good fight scene. Sure. Don't care. <laughs> I just don't. I wish I did, because I agree that fight scene was pretty good. But the story is so meandering and not even there i'm not even gonna say nothing felt like it didn't have weight to it because i do understand what they were trying to go for but what they were trying to go for was kind of stupid like it was just not well thought out in my opinion whatsoever and it just makes the whole thing fall down very 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 quickly because you start to question shit which you by all rights shouldn't be questioning like so these people, they don't mind dying. So how did civilization actually take place if there's no fear of death? They, and there's shit they're not going to address. You know they're never going to address it. So why the fuck would I care? Like, why do I care about anything in this world? If the people are literally not afraid to die, then why would I care? It's pointless. And everything they try to build after that point is pointless. Oh, he's making a religion to power up his new god friend. Cool. Who cares? That's um, that's very much my I, my takeaway from that. Who cares? I I care. I you shouldn't. I liked it. It was good. So fair. Oh my liked... god, Sean liked an isekai. Oh, uh, it, it, it does happen. I mean, for me, it's not as tricky as it could be. I guess because for me, um, first of all, Call of the Night, I own about ten volumes of. So uh, yeah, no shit, I like that one. I well, I buy I buy most of what's out. So. Yes, I uh, I am enjoying Call of the Night. It's very funny. It's good. I wish they translate to Gashi Kashi, which is the same author. So then it comes down to a couple of cuckoos versus God's Activity. And I'm pretty sure I said of God's Activity, I would like to buy the manga if I could. But since I couldn't, the anime would have to be the next best thing. Whereas a couple of cuckoos, I was more conflicted because I liked, as I made very abundantly clear, the relationship between the lead character and the rival female but I was also patently aware, having done the rom-com dance, that was never going to probably come to fruition. So I feel bad that any of these have to go, but if I'm voting one out, it is, with regrets, Couple of Cuckoos, because it's the one that I would probably be most disappointed in in the long term when my precious waifu didn't get with the guy. So uh, I vote I vote for the Cuckoos. Uh, over to you, Phil. Ugh. Like, yeah, it is one of those two that's going out for me. Because Call of the Night, I like Call of the Night. It's just, do I think the religion Isakai was worse, or do I think the fairly generic rom-com was worse? I think my vote goes to the religion Isakai. Just because there were so many moments in there where it was like, this just 
does not make any sense. It doesn't. Why? Why would anyone ever just blindly accept death? And I think we even talked about it there. Like, even if you had some governing cult leader type thing being like, "Ah, oh, no, 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 it's to- totally fine," you would have more dissent, I think, than that. Like, I'm aware there are actual real life cults that have convinced people to kill themselves. It's true. But uh, I don't think it would happen on the scale that that manga has managed to portray. And again, it comes back to sort of like the Lone Alive thing. It's like, oh no, there's no religion in this world. Like, no, there, there is. There totally is. You can call it something else, but there is. And like, Couple of Cuckoos was not great. It was a pretty standard rom-com. And again, I'm, I am with Sean on this one. Like, the, the best girl is not the main girl. It's reasonable. To be fair, as is the case in most rom-coms, it just didn't do enough different, I don't think. But it also didn't do anything terrible, unlike the religionist guy, in my opinion. So that's where my vote is. Well, fuck me, I guess, as my choice gets overruled again. And uh, <laughs> it is Kamikatsu working for God in a Godless World. That series falls by the wayside. And now we move on to Group D. And you know what D stands for? He's nuts. <laughs> got him. Angry Gargan got him. Dice. <laughs> D stands for dice. It's a, a finished fantasy webtoon. Ran for 388 episodes. Written and drawn by Hyung Siok. And this is all available to read over on the webtoon app. Man. Uh... Man, this is another like wasted potential series. Cool ideas, but yeah. fuck terrible execution, layered <sighs> with misogyny and incel behavior. Oh yeah, quite a lot of that. Let's not forget that, but for the moment, just talk about the story, which is man has sh- shitty life in the sense of he's bullied a lot and he's not very he's not super smart, super attractive, not really anything, just just a big old bullying target. And one day he encounters a mysterious newcomer who, through various shenanigans, ends up giving him a magical dice. Magical, quote-unquote. Which, when rolled, you allows you to add stats to yourself. And through that, he makes himself prettier, smarter, faster is the big one. Makes himself very, very fast. And so you can add those stats to basically whatever, as we find out. And that's kind of the idea. He's sent missions to get more dice through this eponymous character known as X who sends him text through his phone. And yeah, so these these tasks start off pretty simple, kind of silly, like throw this trash away one mile away from your home or steal someone's uniform and clean it. And then they start to get a little bit more serious as we might we might have expect uh, X is not completely on the up and up. And there's conspiracy abounds. And then at one point, the secret gets out through a series of really stupid events. And all of a sudden, everyone in the school can use dice. And it becomes a psychotic rabble. Just a psychotic mass of violence. Oh, everyone and... falls, yeah, to their most base horrific instincts. After yeah, immediately. Because the... the first thing that happens is, like, after the slow kind of progression of, like, one person has it, two person has it, three person has it, and then one of them fucking dies, 
Mm-hmm. And the police, obviously, as you do with a crime scene, let kids walk all over it and let them oh, see yeah. a dead body mm-hmm. because that's that's especially at school with like Picking all the evidence up. Yeah, that's, with their that's bare hands, exactly yeah. that's exactly like yeah, it's exactly what you did. It's just procedure. Exactly. So then the dice secret is out, and people are very and immediately willing to injure and berate and sexually abuse their classmates, all for the sake of a few more dice and. Commit crimes, in fact. I'm pretty sure they're going to steal and sell shit for just for a hint of a blue dice. It's like, what well, you fuck say? Fuck me. You say the secret's out, but there are two distinct groups of people who have no fucking clue what's going on somehow, <laughs> <laughs> and that is the teachers of this school. No idea how they couldn't figure it out, and the female protagonist, the female lead of the thing, has no idea what's going on. Somehow, she's she's just super gullible, and she's just she's just a nice girl. And you know, as is evidenced when she has a talk with the protagonist, and is like, "Yeah, I just want people to be who they are naturally. That's the <laughs> best thing." Even though I would not be talking to you in yep. any way if you were who you were at the start of the story. Yes, very much so. If the whole idea of this is that you're supposed to be who you are, and if you try to be someone you're not, then you end up evil, then they completely blunder that message entirely by just, like, second-guessing it all over the place with stuff like that, where they're like, I want people to just be natural in the way they are, says the most privileged, pretty, attractive person in the entire school, and one of the smartest as well, and she's saying this when talking down to people who have not been handed anything in their life, but still would have only been talking to them only if they'd done this thing that they're doing. and But ugh. it's fine, Mike, because X then orchestrates a series of quests for people to sexually abuse her. Yeah, that does happen. And they all willingly go for it. All because she committed the crime of not picking up one of these dice, dice and <laughs> not rolling it. Yes. Yes. As, as I said earlier, yeah, very kind of like, oh, does she get shot on and essentially only ever used as an item for the guys to lust after, like, mm. no impetus of her own. The only other females you see in the story, I think, are essentially called like the three Firefoxes or something, and are just shown as like manipulative people who just use their looks and stuff to abuse. Oh, actually, there might be another female as well who also abuses a character or like takes advantage of a character at a low point. Either way, every female in this series is portrayed as either horrible or just a tool for guys. I don't know. I think everyone in this is portrayed as pretty horrible. Like, oh, right. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Even the protagonist, the person we're supposed to like get behind and want to win, all of his motivations are purely selfish. And the only reason why he comes off better than everyone else is because everyone else is that much worse. He still sucks. Like He has the moral line of, well, I don't want to hurt people. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not super into rape and murder. Like, good. What, that, what an upstanding guy, you're here, you know, What we call that is the bare fucking minimum, and just because you accept the bare fucking minimum doesn't mean you get a medal. Yeah. <laughs> just don't be an asshole, how about that? Nope, yeah. still an asshole. But then, of course, as we said, on top of it all, there's all the ideas you could explore with the whole dice and stat blocks and everything that they have, which they just don't really yeah. seem all that interested in. It's hugely wasted potential, because there is so many stories you could tell with Everything that they set up in the first couple of chapters. So many stories you could tell. You could take it in so many different directions. And they take it in probably the worst one. Where it's like, all of a sudden, one, two, skip a few, everyone's got dice. And it's like, oh, so there's no stakes anymore. Because either 
they have to rein that shit in somehow, which is going to be bullshit, or it just gets out and now everyone in the world has dice and they're effectively pointless, as like a storytelling means. So why would you care either way? Yeah. And yeah, it's just, that's the part that sucks about it, especially because it is such a good idea. It's, it's like the whole vibes of Sword Art Online. Good idea, horrible execution, and we're sadder for it. Yeah, Sword Art Online app comparison. Phil, anything you want to weigh on with this one? Considering I distinctly remember you like this. Yeah. I'm by no means not going to say it's not got faults. So you highlight there its issue with female characters in particular. And that definitely is an issue. I have less of an issue with the way everyone reacted to the dice. Like the extremes they will go to to get that next hit effect. And to be clear, they are almost being coerced into it because they're not the way they get dice is, as Mike mentioned, this mysterious X, as they call him, uh, sends them quests, and the quests are made by X. He gets to decide what it is you have to do to get more dice, and he's the one that is choosing to escalate these demands. And for me, it's a case of. Obviously, everyone portrayed there is that they are all teenage, they're all school kids. I'm going to say 16 off the top of my head. And I can absolutely believe that most people would go to relatively extreme lengths just to get another dice, another, another thing that would let them become smart, become prettier, become faster, whatever it is. See, for me, that's. The issue is not believability, because I also believe that this could happen. I think the issue for me is how fast and how easily it seems to ramp up. Because not only does it go from, as I said, one, two, skip a few, everyone's got dice. But those people immediately go to the extremes of doing violence as soon as they're asked to. There's no real thought about like, oh, should I do this? No, it's always immediately like, yeah, I'm going to go stab that guy gives me dice see i get i get both perspectives like i get yes i agree with mike on the one hand that yes everyone does immediately go to the worst possible actions and obviously that's that's terrible i do also agree with phil that they are essentially all being like it's a manipulative drug dealer in x as it were who basically is kind of pulling the strings and being like ah so this will get you to do this atrocity like i said it's it's not unbelievable like i I wouldn't say i wouldn't say it's uh, unbelievable because it is believable but I don't feel like it really earns the stakes it tries to put in place, or it does put in place. They're very bad at explaining the stakes, and that means when they just ramp up like that, it means that they don't feel earned, and that's why the pacing, I feel, is so way off. Yeah, especially given the context that it's, as I said, 388 episodes, and we read 30. But... Uh, sadly we have to move on uh, we cannot spend all of our time playing dice sometimes you've just gotta you just gotta hang out with your friends i was almost about to do a Yu-Gi-Oh gx reference but i'm better than that so next up we are discussing uzaki chan what's the hangout aka uzaki chan wa asobitai this is a ongoing rom-com manga i know written and drawn by take uh eight volumes out now via seven seas entertainment and there are two seasons of the anime which you can go and watch on crunchyroll and funimation which one's this again this is the one big boob short girl (laughs) 
they're, they're in uni, so it's all consensual. Um, <laughs> it is that. This is the one with the big tit girl and the relatively strong guy who used to be an athletic person and now just kind of wants to stay indoors, but she keeps dragging him along to like the cinemas and everything and just won't shut up around him. Oh, uh, right. It had, it had the mint toothpaste thing. Right, right. I'm <laughs> yes. with you. So, okay. Basically, there's this high school girl, except she's got huge University. boobs. And I mean some serious honkers. Get a real out. set of badonkers. Oh, no. Packing some <laughs> donk honkeros. This is all getting cut. Massive don honker don conker loose. Massive donk honker <laughs> Big old ton honker recougars. Sugoi Dekai, as the series would put it. Yeah. I, it's, this is a fuck. This is okay, as rom-coms go. It's not good. It's not bad. It's I, I didn't remember it until just now, so... I remember all the others we've read so far. I I mean, it's on the one hand, the characters are all relatively fine. Like you've got side characters who are kind of supporting the relationship from beyond the scenes. And you've also got the will they, won't they nature of the characters who just refuse to even address the idea that potentially... Because they're just they two good fuck. friends. I mean, they are friends. That's they're, the thing. They're just they are howling around. Even though they just just fuck. This is something we shit on Mike for a lot. The... <laughs> The immediate jump to why have they not just fucked yet? <laughs> but yeah, it... this this one, like, I'm I'm not saying they have to be boyfriend girlfriend, but you know, why have they not at some point in their relationship as horny teenagers just done the deeds? Like, now, are they teenagers? True, they might be past that. They're university students. I get in my head, I feel like they're nineteen or twenty because she has a. He's birthday. got to be. 21, I want to say, because he drinks at some point. Well, she celebrates, like, and she celebrates her birthday where she can drink. So that's it's 20 or 21. I forget what it is in Japan. Look, either way, they're at the point where they actually could fuck in this one and there would be no kind of ickiness whatsoever. So why don't they? Because then there wouldn't be a story, Sean. (laughs) I I disagree. You can have a rom com where they fuck. like oh i can't believe you lost me in that game now fuck me you coward (laughs) (laughs) you won't do it no balls (laughs) yeah it's i struggle to remember specifics of this one i just remember that it was nice i didn't hate it just so i think the comparisons we had were to um nagatoro because it's that sort of like teasing-esque relationship Except yes, it's no, I think this is more Takaki than it is Nagatora. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Takaki, Nagatora, those sorts of series. It's always grouped with them when you see it online, yeah. Yeah. She'll tease him, she clearly likes him, he is indifferent, I guess. I think he's indifferent, like, he clearly, she brings that side of him that he doesn't really show yes. about others, so... But it's, it's less, you don't get the impression he's like, oh man, I, I really like her, I would love to go out with her, he's just like, yeah, she's She's pretty cool. He enjoys spending time with her, yes. I think. But yeah, yeah, I don't think it's gone. It's not as obvious on from him to her as it is from her to him. Yeah. And then it's always to say, you've got all the side characters who just see it and like, well, clearly they're going to fuck. But we're not going to tell them that. We're just going to sit back and enjoy some popcorn. Yeah. Yeah, the meddling friends who don't really meddle, don't meddle, I guess. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. I guess it's kind of wholesome. Yeah, it's I mean, not, there's nothing particularly it's not unwholesome. Yeah, can I say there was nothing really wrong with it? It was a rom com. I'm, I'm checking my overall notes for this, and yeah, they are just very kind of yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. they're there. Yep, 
they're there. Everything's, everything is they, there. They are in there. fact there. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Huge well. tracks of plot. Like I said before, giant bong honker loose. Uh, okay, right, that's it. That's, what's that? Move on to the next series, yes. <laughs> it's like, what do you say about this? It's just like there's two people, they're there, some friends are also there. Will they, won't they? It, Who it, cares? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> wacky hijink rom-com. It was it's, fine. Like there's it very much is say. more. It's more rom-commy than Call of the Night. I would say, Call of the Night is more. Yes, lean more into the slice of life. Call of the Night leads more into its supernatural stuff, and yeah, yeah. I, I think ultimately because I come down on the side of Nagatoro more than I do on this, I think I ultimately said the reason I champion Nagatoro is Nagatoro has a bit more going on, whereas Uzaki Chan doesn't so much. Like Nagatoro has its more unique element of bullying. Of, of actual literal bullying. I do remember and that. It's fine. She'll fuck him. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. I I do remember that Uzaki Chan. I remember that it was quite cute as well. Like it was very cutesy, and it never felt like it was overly sweet as such. It was just like, ah, oh, I see what you did there. That's that's kind of cute. And they tried to make that carry the entire thing all the way through. And sometimes it works, but often it's mostly just, man, she's fucking annoying. And like, it was like weaponized annoyance into cuteness as the whole thing just came off as very, very bland. Yeah. So the, the good news for Izaki Chan, though, she doesn't really have to worry in this group. She's, uh, no, she's yeah. going to be sailing under the radar for this one because I already know what the fight of Group D is going to be. When I introduce the other series in this bracket, which is Blue Lock, a ongoing sports manga at 23 volumes, written by Munayuki Kanashiro, art by Yusuke Nomura. Uh, this is licensed by Kodansha. You can buy six volumes physically or 18 volumes digitally. And there is uh, the anime. The first season is out. I can't remember if it's finished or not yet. And there will be a second season and a movie. Alongside all the other accolades, it has the spin-off manga, the light novel, the stage play, the winning the Kodansha Manga Award, the Harvey Award nominated, sold over 24 million. For reference, it was at 10 million when we recorded the episode on Blue Lock. It's now up to 24 million units. The important thing to note there, though, is we recorded it right before the World Cup. Also the anime, yeah. Like, it was an anime tie-in and a world, and a... Yeah, and both... Yes, the anime and the World Cup both happened, and yes, that was why we did this episode, but also... 14 million units in six months or however long it was is not something to sniff at. <laughs> and I uh, adore this. I have bought multiple volumes of it. It is a, I would argue, one of the biggest shonen names that isn't shonen jump manga at the moment. And yes, you can make an argument that it's not necessarily about as much about football as you might expect or as other football-based manga are, but it is a fun shonen battle royale football sports ride with great art and intensity and fun characters at times and now mike's going to shit all over it you can't train strikers <laughs> they don't, don't say that at any point that was the implication at the very that was the that was the, the whole thing. you took from it and i can definitely see how you got it <laughs> it was like oh you can train someone to be a great goalkeeper or a great defender you can't do that with a striker, though. Except you can, and they do. No, the idea of that quote, trying to give it context, was more people like Pele, for example, and other comparisons, like, they only become superstars in the moment, as it were. Like, their magic is shown. For example, if you saw the World Cup final, where it was 
Messi versus whoever the other famous striker is. And that, that magic only comes out in that moment, as it were, rather than in a training hall. I, That's more what that kind of meant. Whereas a goalkeeper, you could tr- just train them normally to save yeah, goals. But with strikers. In the moment of being in the centre of a pitch with all the, mag- with all the stuff going on, it is being the leader of your team and the one scoring goals, there is a difference to it. I, I mean, that, that. I would argue you can still absolutely train that. <laughs> you can, but like that silliness aside, the whole premise is super flawed. Because <laughs> the fact that they turn it into a battle royale is so dumb. Because <laughs> they like if you if you lose, oh, you're out, and you can never play for the national teams ever again. It's like why? What's so you're turning away? The second best football player. Oh, I'm sorry. You moaned earlier that things don't have stakes, but now when a series gives you stakes, you're like, no, I can't have that. No, they can't have stupid stakes. Because <laughs> it's, it's not <laughs> even arbitrary. Team, Mike, it was you can't play in Japanese association football. <laughs> it was like the you stakes can't are play so in stupid. any of their leagues. I mean, I would argue just fly to Europe in that case. Exactly. You're just giving your second through. 100th best players to everyone else. It doesn't matter the... you got the number one. Where's the <laughs> no, advantage of that? that the problem. They weren't looking for the best striker. They were looking for the person with the largest ego. Yeah, like they weren't looking for someone who knew how to play on a team, exemplified by the fact that in every single match everyone runs for the ball and no one accomplishes anything. <laughs> it's so dumb. Happens in one match. We read two volumes. And yes. in those two volumes, not once did they ever teach anyone how to learn how to play as a team. The closest we get is our protagonist team is like, hey, we're losing. Maybe we should work together. That's not training. That's trial by fire. And the fire is made of shit. It's just it, it's bad. <laughs> Because they're trying to find the best, they're weeding the best out ego. the no, but again, <laughs> the best, yes, they're trying sure. to find the person with the biggest ego, not the best striker. I guarantee you, the person with the biggest ego is not the best striker because you need to be able to play as a team, and for that, you need your ego to take a back seat. Like, yes, you could have, you could be the most egotistical person in ninety percent of the time, but unless you're willing to play as a team, you will never win a team sport. I mean, to be clear. You still had to be good at football to progress. Yes. No, I, I, like you had that to score goals. <laughs> That's the problem, though. That it's another thing is it's measured entirely on how many goals you score, but you're entirely comprised I mean, now, of strikers. Now, fairness, to like, score. That is how you win football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's not how you decide who's better at football. Yeah, yeah, you can I win mean, a match. Yes, by... it is. That's how. You... <laughs> It's, no, it's not. It's simply not. Trans Any team the most goals, therefore they're the therefore best. they are the best. It's so fucking stupid. Like you're not even testing how a striker could or would perform in a correct situation. You are boxing these people into essentially a football prison, and you're you're putting it them was, through. Yeah. And I don't disagree with. <laughs> you're you're putting them through like strenuous exercise. You're putting them through hardcore training. You're making them fight for any kind of semblance of reward, and you're punishing people who don't. We'll say, Mike, they all choose to this. They are all given the choice of do you want oh, to no. do this or not. And no, they all this is it. this is coercion. At, 
If it was coercion in dice, it's coercion in this. Sure, yes, it is presented them with the opportunity, but they are given a clear out of, and they are told beforehand, this is what will happen if you lose in here. So the people in Squid Game, they're given an out as well. <laughs> it's coercion. And they, they are effectively, while they're not literally dragged kicking and screaming, they aren't really given much of a choice because this is probably the closest they're ever going to get to be able to play for the national now, team. I would say in Squid Game, the difference there is in the Squid Game, their lives are pretty fucked before they start the Squid Game. Everyone in here, even before before the fake blue lock starts, have careers as football players. Are very no, no, but that's the problem. Like. That's what makes this even worse, in my opinion. Fucking they're hell. all they're all high school aged kids, and they basically say, "We're taking you out of high school, stick you in football prison. One of you is going to get a job. The rest of you have a ruined education and can never play football again." Yes. Have fun. Congratulations. Your dreams are dead and your life is in tatters. I mean, I would say it depends on when they leave in terms of... Yeah, yeah, yes, if they never go to football prison, it's less of an issue. But... Yeah, the unlucky fuckers who go out in round one because they weren't very good at the game of keep away. Yeah, that, and that's the problem, isn't it? It's like... They're actively trying to get rid of the best players there, which runs completely counterintuitive to the entire impetus of the whole project. If they went out, they weren't the best. That's, so that's not the point. That's how battle royales work. Oh, no doubt. That's how battle royales work. Like I have a distinct memory of. You could easily have just added the words "to the death" on this, and it would have made perfect sense. <laughs> so uh, stupid. Yeah, so brilliant, and that's why it's a best-selling, award-winning sensation. So now it gets to you know. So it is Dice versus Uzaki Chan versus Blue Lock. I think we can all agree Uzaki Chan just gets to slide on by here. Oh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> no, oh you want to convert? You want to debate that? Okay, cool. Well, in that case, uh, so it's Dice versus Uzaki Chan versus Blue Lock. My vote, as it probably made very clear from what I've said, is for Dice because Jesus Christ, it not only does it fumble its ideas, it's also laced with the the incel vibes of the character and the misogyny towards all of its female cast that I don't see going away anytime soon. Maybe it does. Again, Fringe in 88 episodes, we read a mere one-thirteenth of that. But uh, no, definitely in terms of what we read, uh, Dice, Dice, you, Uzaki Chan, okay, Blue Lock, masterpiece. It was not a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> I tell that to the 24 million sales. I will. If you get him here listening <laughs> to this podcast, I'll well, gladly I'm say... Every one of you 24 million-ish people, you're wrong. <laughs> because, good God, that thing was stupid. Like, its own internal logic is heavily flawed, and they don't even Ford seem interested in discussing it. Sensation. <laughs> who gives a Irrelevant. shit if it won awards? <laughs> doesn't I, stop shit. The 24 million people who bought it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's so stupid. But I will give you entertaining because... Of how dumb it is. It is by all rights. I can't say it didn't entertain me because fucking hell, it's stupid. Stupid, flawed logic. And this is one of the things, this is where we're going to differ a little bit. Dice, obviously it was terrible for the things you said. I'm not disagreeing with a single thing you said. But Uzaki-chan was just kind of boring. Like, it was so dull. Like, yeah, it was cute, but it was annoying as well. There was, things happened, but... Didn't feel like anything was accomplished. Characters seem to be in the exact same place they were at the beginning of uh, the last thing we read versus the first thing we read. It's just, I was so dull. Dice at least had some ideas and it played with it. Not well, I'll give you that, but it played with ideas, whereas 
Maybe this is my bias against rom-coms coming through, but Izaki-chan was just dull. So dull. And like, granted, we've, we've read more dull ones. Like, uh, I don't remember the name of it, but there was one in year two that was just... Shikamori. That, yes, that's the one. <laughs> it was just so dull that I was like, why even bother? I could see people liking Uzaki-chan just because of visual style and everything being kind of cute. Mean, uh, and... Spoiler, it got two seasons of an anime, so... Yeah, of course it did. Because everything I like, I hate is successful for some reason. But it's... I could see people enjoying it, and I don't think you're wrong for enjoying it, but for me, it's just so boring. So I'm going to try and boot out Uzaki-chan. Because while the other two are certainly not perfect, despite what Sean says... Despite the things that they definitely do wrong, they have more entertainment value, in my opinion. And that's apparently what I'm basing this group on, so... Uzaki-chan gets my vote to leave. See where this is going. Phil! <sighs> oh, man. Does he want to get rid of Blue Lock? <laughs> can vote Blue Lock! We have the back I know, I, know I can, it's like... Oh, part of me wants to. It just... <laughs> like, I can... On the one hand, I can appreciate everything it is. It it looks great. I'm not going to smirch at that. It's popular because, of course, it is football, and that's a whole thing, and I'm very aware I am not the target demographic of that. But, oh, fuck me, is it infuriating with its premise. <laughs> like, and I think that's the thing for me. Is like, if it was just a football manga, I'd be like, I hate it, but I, I get it. It's just like, oh. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm torn. Sounds painful. You know, Blue Lock would actually be a lot less infuriating if it really was to the death. <laughs> Honestly, kind of yes. <laughs> like, yeah, like it would still make very little sense. It would be a very tonally different series. Sure, but it'd be <sighs> like the logic would make more sense because then at least you're not giving away your logic second through hundredth. <laughs> Uh, no, blue lock discussion's over. This is Phil's moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, Zaki Chan's fine. I have no problem against it. It it was very much just fine. Like, I like dice. Say, I, it does have its issues. I would never say it doesn't. I don't think it's quite as bad as Sean thinks. Clearly, I honestly feel like I could vote for any of these. Flip a three-sided coin. You could roll a dice. Or you could just vote. I'm deciding, Sean. I mean, consider I'm surprised they this long, considering you've said in the past you would buy dice. And I have. I'm pretty sure you're okay enough with Zaki Chan compared to Blue Lock, which drives you mad. So Yeah, I'm, I'm like, doing it. If I gave you Zaki Chan and it. Blue Lock, which one are you going to read, buddy? I'm doing it. I'm voting Blue Lock. There it, we go. It's just infuriating. We have a tie! We have a tie, which I didn't expect. I had already written off Blue Lock in my mind as consigned to death. Honestly, I was expecting Dice to go. Well, we will now find out, because in the event of a tie, we flip the script. So, (laughs) what this means now is you vote for your favourite, and the other two go out. Oh, I feel like we could end up with another tie. Yeah, there wasn't a place in system for that. So, <laughs> so for starters, then if we're going with the best, then no shit. Based upon what I've said, I vote Blue Lock as the best because it's fucking brilliant and I love it. <laughs> uh. 
So, Mike, Phil, Dice, Izaki Chan, Blue Lock, which is the best that you want to keep going? I know what I'm going to pick, so I want to hear Phil's first. Because Phil has to keep being the deciding vote, so... Uh, I'll go Dice, then. So you're choosing Dice to go through. You're choosing Blue Lock to go through. Well, there's no way Mike will choose Izaki Chan, which was his worst, so at least we're not going to have I that. I mean, issue. I was about that to pick true. Blue Lock, so... As the best and the worst. <laughs> I, Honestly, yes, I get it. Like, like, I hate it. I can acknowledge it for what it is. Oh my god, <laughs> Phil is hate-fucking Blue Lock. <laughs> hey, that's yeah. my thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it does come down to me. So at the moment, Dice has one vote, Blue Lock has one vote to progress. And yes. you are correct, I'm not choosing Uzaki-chan. That's not happening. So it comes down to which do I think is better. And here's the thing. I don't think that Dice was very good in general because of the wasted, wasted potential. I actually like Blue Lock for the fact that it is entertainingly stupid. Whereas Dice just makes me sad. <laughs> it makes me sad because it's like, oh, you could have done something with your life, but you chose not that you chose to just be stupid in a bad way so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna pick blue lock to progress because dice just has so much wasted potential and man that is sad i i, I wanted better things for you dice but you disappointed me son holy holy shit so yeah blue lock survives i so, mini story, kids. I said earlier that there was one group which was the fuck you slaser group. This was it because I saw this and was like, Blue Lock's dead. <laughs> There's no way in hell it's game through this. What did you think was going to win? Well, no, because it Baramites want to go oh, out. Yeah, so I yeah, assumed right, you would right. both just immediately kick Blue Lock to the curb. Oh, no, because we both recognize that Blue Lock is competently made. It's just stupid. <laughs> It's core premise. Look, is, uh... I'll take whatever reasoning you want, because that means <laughs> Blue Lock goes through, and because it beat two series, it gets a buy into the quarterfinal. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't so, make it up. <laughs> oh, man. So Blue Lock, well, zero to hero, just like it's uh, storytelling. So <laughs> <laughs> You say so, man. Oh, dear. So there you have it. Against all odds, Blue Lock going through to the quarterfinals. But now let's let's move on to another group where there's hopefully less controversy, but who knows with us kids. <laughs> so group E and its first entrant stepping into the ring, Girls of the Wild, aka Sonia Dear Waluju. A finished action romance webtoon, 260 episodes total, written by Hun, art by Kim Hye Jin. Uh, you can read all of this over on Webtoon, and there is also a live-action adaptation. This was probably the most screwed over by the 30-episode format, I feel, for Webtoons. <laughs> considering oh, because it just never the got penultimate going. episode, it finally takes its first step. I wouldn't say that was screwed over. I'm say I would say it's more a perfect example of why we do the amount that we do. Oh, I completely it, agree. But it it's took also that frustrating long. when it's like, oh man, we're finally getting going, and we're done. Yeah, like, because the whole point of this is this destitute parentless child who is taking care of his two younger siblings accepts a scholarship to what was formerly an all-girls school, and it turns out this school is all about fighting, which is very silly. Very, about very sport. silly. Martial arts. Martial arts, yes, but no, it's about fighting. Like, it's all about fighting. Like, everything they do is about, I'm going to pick a fight with you, to the point where they, like, 
over mechanicalize how these fights happen like they put down bajillions of rules of like no if you do this you got to step here and if you step here you got to fight and if you fight you got to give up and if you don't give up you might die it's like oh my god <laughs> i i remember what i said in the episode i to be fair i don't think it has a bajillion of rules i just remember that they had a very overblown training rule thing of like like oh my god this is like a luxury top of the line facility and it's like you've painted a circle on the ground <laughs> well it's also it had all the cameras and it had gloves dropping from ceilings and so like you've painted a circle on the ground in the big brother house <laughs> i mean yes you might kill someone <laughs> like yeah. i appreciate that other one it was just like yeah, I mean, state yeah, of the art facility and there's also, there also a bunch of other kind of stupid shit going on oh don't don't forget the main character he, he hates women. Yes. He was medically diagnosed with misogyny. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah, he doesn't like women is the point. Which does make set more sense here than it has in some of the other stuff we've read. I mean, this, this is very specifically because his mother abandoned them. Yes. Like, he's got some issues to work out. I, on the one hand, I agree. On the other hand, if I'm allergic to cats and you force me into a room with cats, I'm still yeah, going to have my allergic reaction. But he's, he's not, not allergic, allergic to, to women. <laughs> he just, he just doesn't like, like him them. very much. Like, he's very much taking the attitude of just keep his head down, get through the three, four years, whatever it is. Which is impossible because everyone is trying to get him to fight on their team. No, 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 Mike. no, no. Everyone's oh, trying you, to you, fuck you, him. you forget, Mike. You that forget. Too. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, can the chancellor or the head, the, the principal, principal or the leader of the whatever. board. One of the two. Top man in charge. Yes. Top man in charge is like sends out a text to all the girls, going like, "This is your chance to seize your youth, seize your moment, and also yeah. get some extra academic credit." So <laughs> just go get him. It was gals. like get extra academic credit for. Something life about experiences. Yeah, like experiencing yeah. your maiden life or something like that. I feel like the word maiden was in there somewhere. Probably. Which is also bullshit because we do see them interacting with boys outside of school. I mean, to be fair, from what we see of them, they all take their chosen sport very seriously. Which I don't really have a problem with. Like, I've honestly. got no problem with that. No, yeah, I'm, no, like, I'm no problem with that. But it's if very it much led like... more into the actual MMA fights, then I'd probably be down for it. It's... Oh no, not MMA, the Wilds. Yeah, okay. No, the, <laughs> the Wilds is the league. It's exactly, Wilds yeah. is the sport they do, but it's essentially MMA plus. It's just, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well, it is MMA. The Wilds is the name of the league. And it's so it's so popular that these school kids are are transmitted all over the world. Like it's on TV, yeah. and everyone watches this. Watches the school children. Right, beat I'm each not going to shit on it for that. Nah, given, I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure options. we made the allegory at the time that people watch the Olympics, and you know, if you're watching, yes. say, the rhythmic gymnastics, you know what you're doing. <laughs> wow. Okay. But <laughs> yes, but that there's a difference between that and. Granted, I see your point. And also, as someone who watches wrestling, yeah, yeah, some people do watch for... Yeah, but those are like fully grown adults, <laughs> is my point. <laughs> Whereas watching children beat the ever-loving shit out of each other, and it's not formalized as such. Like, these are full-on, like, cage death matches. Granted, that people rarely die, on, but they on do. On the one hand, Mike, yes. On the other hand, we read lots of manga about children beating the shit out of each other. Oh, I know it's a thing. It doesn't make it better. 
I just wish this led in on more on the cool badass ladies and the yeah. action and not on the mopey piece of shit protagonist who takes the better part of 30 episodes to grow a spine. To be clear here, when you're saying the cool female characters, we're ignoring the female lead, right? Oh yeah, I mean the I mean <laughs> oh, the, yeah. I mean the number two and number three. Because she is very, very cool, calm, collected, cold, you might say. Until the man is out of the room, and then all of a sudden, she's super kawaii desu. <laughs> out, of, out of nowhere, yeah. It's like she's presented <laughs> as being like very cold and abrasive towards him because they have a bad first interaction, basically. They have a very bad first interaction. And so you go like, okay, cool. So over time, you know, they're going to get to know each other more. And then, yeah, as Mike says, at one point, uh, he leaves the room, and then she, with her best friend, essentially goes, oh, but I just want him to love me. Why won't he love me? It's like, why, why trust me, this like has come me? out of nowhere. Also, have you tried being nice to him <laughs> hello goes a long way i hear or you know sorry for being an asshole you may not even believe it just say it <laughs> it absolutely comes out of nowhere and it's really annoying because this by all rights should be an absolute female empowerment piece like literally these are all badass women they can they, i mean they'll be more athletic than i'll ever be in the rest of my life combined no mike you're, you're the most martial artist <laughs> of us here <laughs> i know that. and that's the sad part <laughs> well, like, isn't, that's not isn't even a joke female lead like world champion of her yeah exactly sports. by all rights they should be completely badass but this mango not even a mango webtoon man what Webtoon. Yeah, whatever it is, it takes every opportunity to undercut them by effectively just saying if they just had a man in their life. Oh, no, it's even better than that. And I'm pretty sure you were the one who highlighted this, Mike, that the logical conclusion of this whole thing has to be the story of a man overcoming women in the <laughs> <Yes>. Wild League. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But uh, this, is, this is another one of those because this is a Korean thing i if i remember yes. correctly and so this could absolutely be one of those cultural differences that doesn't quite hold sway where like honor is more important than most things kind of i don't think it was necessarily like a korean cultural thing i think it was just like a competitive sports like, thing. like i no, get you've been given the this ring is sacred or that kind of attitude but you know but yeah, no. When, it's you're, when you're not a competitor when you're not a professional competitor yes it's, it's like the dude Dude's not even an amateur at this point. He is just yeah. a dude. <laughs> he is getting beaten up on the regulars and doesn't even try to defend himself. He is the most opposite of a fighter that you oh, could possibly yeah, they have. Really, they really drag out that story. Oh, they him. do. Just getting beaten up multiple times by bullies and just made an absolute joke of. They really hammer into him and the ground that the, there's like a group of male bullies from a different school and they like... They absolutely humiliate him in front of his two younger siblings, who are constantly like, No, get up and fight! And he's like, No, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yes. It's like, yeah, okay, I 100% believe he wouldn't win that fight, but do something. Pretty anything. Much. Pretty much. And yeah, like all the cool female characters. I think I liked multiple of the side characters. And was like, yeah, yeah. If, only, if only they got to do things in this. If only it wasn't all about... A shit man and a boring girl. If only they weren't all reduced to the minimum possible. Yeah. Yes. And the story wasn't terrible, but it took so long to do anything. Yeah. I mean, as we said, literally the penultimate strip of the 30 was when it took its first step. And yeah. Maybe it gets good, but sadly. In the it's not a good sign. Let's put it that way. It's not good for your pacing, no. But uh, <laughs> let's, let's move on. Speaking of. 
No, I've got no segue here. Speaking <laughs> of things, Food Wars, <laughs> aka Shokugeki no Soma. This is a finished shonen manga, 36 volumes, written by Yuto Sukuda, art by Shunseki, with Yuki Mosaki on as a consultant. Uh, you can buy all of this now through Viz. Uh, there are five seasons of the anime, which you can stream across High Dive and Crunchyroll. And, you know, it's got light novels, it's got spin-offs, it's got video games, it's got a crossover with One Piece, and it's sold over 20 million copies in its lifetime. One of the more successful ones in year three. Dumb. And Phil's <laughs> beloved. It's dumb. I like it. It's real dumb. <laughs> it, yes. And it's porn for people who don't want to watch porn. Um, Eat food, orgasm, next episode. <laughs> hey, hey, the guys get to <laughs> orgasm as well. I, yeah, I'm it's, not it's debating that. It's fan service. Not debating it. There's a plenty of orgasms for everybody. No, no, no. I, fe- I feel it's worth raising, though. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like, so many times people say it's a fan service series, and they mean, ah, so it's like gal cleaning, where... Oh, so it's titties, <laughs> gotcha. Don't, don't, be, don't be saying gal cleaning's fan service. <laughs> the first volume is. Volume one is. <laughs> yeah. I got what he meant. But, the, but in this one, no, no. You get to see the guys half naked as well. Sorry, you're right. I... As much as I'm air on Food Wars, I don't want to compare it to Cloud Cleaning. I apologize <laughs> for that. But uh, no, you get you get male fan service in this as well. Everyone gets to orgasm. <laughs> Everybody gasm. You get an orgasm. You get an <laughs> That's orgasm. That's very Everybody different Oprah gets show. An orgasm. <laughs> well, no, not everyone does. Only the people who eat his food, the main protagonist's uh, food. No, it's not specifically his food. Mike wants to talk about stupid steaks in, in <laughs> when we talk about Blue Lock. I would say this is this is this is more stupid than that. Speaking of Mike talking about steaks. God, this is the turd that won't flush. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in my class and if you get anything other than an A, you're out. And also I only give A's and E's. <laughs> I mean that was stupid. I thought you were gonna go to the whole competition. Uh, I mean, I could go to any part of it where it's like, <laughs> hi, welcome to cooking school. Today, um, make this dish. <laughs> that's really stupid. Uh, like, it, it's really stupid. They're like, make this, but I don't know how. You haven't taught us to. What am I supposed to do? Teach you how to do it in this school for cooking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, I understand the logic of, like, I need to see where your skills are at. So that's fine. That part's fine, but... This shouldn't be have a pass-fail, and if you fail, you're out, because that's not the point of those kind of exercises. And if it, it's going to do that, you need to tell them how to fucking do it. Uh, I mean, Stop what it. you do, Mike, is you develop a tongue where if you take a taste of something, you can tell exactly <laughs> the entire cooking process it went through. And then you can visualize yourself in a nice spa, enjoying a nice meal, and then there's a gorilla. Okay, I forgot the gorilla part, but <laughs> other than that, it's... Honestly, that's I mean, that, not that the worst part. a lot of her... Fantasies, hallucinations, yes. hallucinations. Yeah, went. It was like, oh yes, this food is like I'm having this really lovely experience, and then there's the gorilla. <laughs> because I you remember this, this for two seconds too yes. long. Yeah. Why didn't you cook long. this meat to the thirty degree angle instead of a twenty five degree angle? That's ju- oh, honestly, that's not. Good. That's like the the part that makes the most sense in this. Is the fact that she's got a very overdeveloped set of taste buds. And well, it's a shonen, so they've all got to have their magical shonen powers. No, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> please, please don't mention that in this series. Well, it's fine. If you want a terrible ending, if you want bullshit nonsense, and if you want the presiding memory of this episode, it's not Food Wars itself. Let's be real. It's is meat. <laughs> An ingredient. <laughs> the turd that won't flush, yeah. It's Mike's Hill that he still 
I want to make this clear because he's about to go off on one. Still refuses <laughs> to accept the fact that he was talking absolute dog shit. Because I have been taken out of context almost instantly when I said this. <laughs> it's because you said meat isn't an ingredient. I did not say that. <laughs> That's not what I said. You are taking this out of context, You are like, you can't possibly do a cooking contest where the restriction is and you have to cook using meat. That's, that's insane. That's crazy. My point... Fly on my iron, chef. My point was not that you couldn't use meat as an ingredient. Obviously you can. Meat is an ingredient. What I'm saying is for it to be any kind of meaningful competition, you need to specify what meat. You can't just say meat because that's close to 50% of all ingredients. That's like essentially not a restriction. Really not. I mean, famously when I walk into a supermarket, 50% of it is meat. It's, the, the point <laughs> is it's not a restriction if you're basically it restricting the entirety of the animal dish. kingdom. <laughs> you have to have meat in your dish. Man, I want to make a fish dish. Can't. Man, I want to make a nice salad. Can't. Yes, you I can. I want to make a dessert. You can't. Can. It's not got meat. It, it, well, it can. I mean, yeah, you, I suppose, yes. if you're making a salad with meat, then... You can. Chicken salad. It's a thing. Chicken Caesar I... salad. Done. <laughs> You've added chicken to that, is the point. Exactly. Exactly, Sean. It's not a restriction, is it, <laughs> yeah, Sean? It is. You, you can't, can't literally just... just... It's, a, it's a cookie <laughs> contest. I couldn't just be like, oh, man, here's a nice spotted dick, but I've also <laughs> stuck a steak on the top of it. There you yes, go. you could. <laughs> and you lose right, right, immediately. Okay. Well, 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 hold on, hold on. You absolutely could do all of that. You would fail because those are shit dishes. Oh, apparently not if this protagonist also, made it. If we're going to take this logic to the extreme, sure. you could do this for any food type ever. You could be like, oh, man, we have to make a dessert and you just make a steak, but then you pour some cream on it at the end and you go, there you go, it's a dessert. See, <laughs> the, way, the reason I came at my logic is if you don't specify the type of meat, right. then it completely blows open your options for actually making food. Like you could, if you say like you have to use beef, that would also means in turn, you can only use other ingredients that complement beef specifically no no i'm, I'm gonna make the spotted dick again but i'm gonna stick a piece of beef on the top so yeah i've done it yes and like you say you would fail at doing that it's just the same logic against your point no it's not <laughs> i would say mike the difference is you're thinking they have to come up with things that are very restrictive whereas sometimes you don't have to be super restrictive you just have to say we want something in this broad category the th reason I'm saying this is because the idea is that it's a competition of cooking, obviously, and there's the restriction is so wide, it may as well not be one. I disagree. That's essentially my point. Like, you can still compare two dishes. If someone makes a chicken dish and the other person makes a beef dish, you can still compare them, you can still... Yeah, I'm sure you can, but it doesn't... Well. Like, it's not exactly meaningful to do so. I'd because disagree. it's so unrestricted. Like, That's my like, point, and you oh, guys keep taking it out of it's context. It's like, here is this very nice, fancy steak, and then over here we've got a hot dog. Well, like, yeah. You, you can I mean, quite easily compare them, despite the fact they're different meat. I'm not disagreeing with that point. My point is, they set this restriction, they add all these steaks to it, like, no pun intended, and it's not a restriction. <laughs> Like, the, the world is very much 
open. To, the world of cooking is very much open. The only it thing is... it has to not be is vegetarian. So, yeah, you can go back and listen to that episode where me and Phil absolutely destroy this insanity from Mike. Disagree. Um, you can disagree all you want. That's how they went in the edit, mate. <laughs> so... Nah, it's like... Absolute gibberish. It's not uh, gibberish. Which outweighed the entire episode because it, yeah, it's... Food Wars is okay, but it has problems. But yeah, the episode just became this nonsense. No, so, I disagree with the, the see, and thing. It's becoming it again. So... No, no, different point. I disagree okay. with the thing being okay. Like, I honestly think the, the, the manga itself has some pretty major flaws that make it not very good. And I think the only reason, and this is a hot take, but I think the only reason why it got the popularity it does is because of the gasm phases. I, mean, I don't yes. think that's really a hot take at all. Yeah, that was the joke. Uh, like, I, right. I just don't think it's very good. And granted, the food looks great. But then again, all manga food looks great. That's kind of a meme. That, like, why can't food in real life look as good as food in manga? And it's like, yeah, I, I get it. Anyways, it's... I wasn't going to go out and, like, champion food wars after this episode. But I think I had a little more respect for it than I did going into it. Like, even if it is just very all or nothing all the time. Like, the art was okay. The characters were okay. I, I didn't hate it. If memory serves, they don't shut the fuck up. No, no one shuts the fuck up. It's it's constantly yes, eleven. They, they did constant talk noise. a lot about their foods. It's more than shout repeatedly. Yeah, like it's it's just constant um, visual and auditory. Does that count for a manga? Noise, because of course you're hearing the voices in your head when you're reading it. Or at least I am, and it's they're always this to voices. explains so much. <laughs> the point is, and they're just like constantly shouting at you, and it's like ah, give me a break. Give me a break. Mixed other food. So <laughs> that's not what I said. Well, <laughs> we moved I'm, away, Sean. I'm hoping that when this tournament is finally done, you'll let that die in year three because that's not what I said. Year well, four. Yeah, die with the rest of year three. I know what I meant. Uh, right. Okay. Oh, See, so the thing is, on the one hand, I could forgive Mike for these <laughs> kind of things. On the other hand, our next entrant is a Kaniku man, aka Muscle Man. <laughs> 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 An ongoing comedy action manga, 81 volumes. Written by Takashi Shimada, art by Yoshinori Nakai, who formed the group Yure Tamago. Uh, this is not licensed asterisk. Mm. And I'm not going to bother to go through. If you want the whole list of spin offs and everything, go back and listen to the episode. But yeah, it's had various anime, spin offs, movies, sequels, one shots, crossovers, extras, video games. Sold 77 million, which puts it in the top 30 of all time. Uh, sold over 180 million figures. Shigaku uh, Manga Wars in 1984. And uh, since the episode was recorded, uh, it got announced that it's going to get a 40th anniversary anime. So that will be out either later this year or next year, I believe. This was the episode that it involved a formal apology. <laughs> Tragic is what it was. Because of the sheer amount I missold this manga when suggesting it. And completely by accident. <laughs> I was going to say, in, in the... To be clear, the paraphrase here is that I think if we'd started from like volume five or ten, it would have been the manga you'd envisioned and sold it as. Oh but, yeah, uh, like I didn't, I didn't start that way. <laughs> I read ahead a bit, and it's full on. Like it starts to go more wrestling in volume three, and it's full on wrestling in volume four. Yes, I was I famous wrestling fan who's um for the context of this episode uh I've just finished watching Elimination Chamber. I fucking love you, Sammy. You deserve the title. But this this had nothing to do with wrestling. This had like every <laughs> oh, now and again I'd be like, oh man, there's a wrestling reference I get. Uh, there was shame, totally shame it's trapped in this shit thing. There was there was one wrestling chapter. It wasn't completely sad. I wrestling. feel you're being very nice towards that. There, <laughs> there was a chapter that involved wrestling. I wouldn't say wrestling was the focus. 
There was no, how will he kick out of this? Yeah, so I originally thought, because I, I saw the Ultimate Muscle anime as a kid, and, you know, yeah, that, that's wrestling, that's cool, that's, that's uh, somewhat Fight the Week-ish, tournament arcy wrestling fun with a bunch of other silliness and gimmicks thrown in. Could be fun. Turns out, when this thing started in the 70s, I think? Very late 70s, if I recall. Yeah, late 70s. That's not what it was about. <laughs> it was about a garlic-powered alien who came from ca- planet Niku or Kaniku or something to grow giant and fight kaiju <laughs> while also shitting and farting on buildings and being generally disgusting and having everyone hate him even though he was doing a surprisingly competent job. Is real fucking weird, and it's full on 70s style lol random with a lot of problematic 70s jokes in there as well. And there, there's quite a lot of funny jokes in there, I think. And do, some, do of them, you? some of them were pretty funny, some of them not so much. Granted, like, I have no idea why he got so excited in one scene while being a giant, he literally shit on a building, literally. And everyone inside the building, after being shit on, was like, Yes, yes, we're very proud of you. I was like, why? Why did that happen? Why did but, any of this? <laughs> but they made I some. They, I do remember they made some, like, some quite funny meta humor as well in it. Like, there's one scene where he kicks. I can't remember what it is, but he kicks something so hard it flies off panel, and then it flies into the panel of another manga, and it kills a guy. And the implication is that because that manga was a soccer manga that got cancelled, like, got shit canned right at that time. Is the implication is it got cancelled because Kaniku Man killed him. <laughs> like, that's, that's funny! It's like, see, yeah, I can see what you did there. If, if that was a blue lock footballer, that never would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that would be too busy no, trying no, to have the biggest ego. That would be round one. The main character <laughs> would have gotten hit by it. And he'd like, been eliminated, oh, no. and he'd be like, ah, that's why blue lock didn't, didn't get to continue. <laughs> but yeah, like, stuff like that is funny, but it's just fucking weird. And, like, not good weird. Like, I, in- I, unlike Sean, I do enjoy moderate amounts of lol random. Because I think if something is just that weird, you're basically forced to laugh at it. And in that regard, you can't say it's not funny. Because you are laughing. <laughs> yes, if I'm being forced to laugh, it's hilarious. Yeah, honestly, well, have you ever not been forced to laugh? Have you ever laughed legitimately on command? <laughs> On command? No. Well, like, that's very much what comedy is. Someone makes you laugh. And so it's yeah, like, but yeah, I'm I... choosing to laugh at the <laughs> joke I find funny. I'm not, it's, they don't have a gun against my head. And they're like, you laugh now. <laughs> laugh now or I'm pulling the trigger. Yeah, I'd fucking laugh in that regard, honestly. I mean, I would certainly try. Or not about to review some of these again. But yeah, it's, it can be funny. It's mostly stupid and it's mostly nonsensical completely random in a bad way and gross and just fucking weird like it very much came off as a manga that someone wrote on a dare and they wanted to just fill it with as many off the wall jokes as they could because they will never get a second volume let's just go nuts with it now oh wait what do you mean it went on for like 40 years On the one hand, I get, you know, comedy, especially, comedy ages faster than anything, pretty much. So I get that, but yeah, it's just, the art was cack, even when you compare it to other series at the time, like Dragon Ball or stuff like like that. 
it, it very much um, really did look like Astro Boy levels of art, which, you know, it's not bad, but nah, Astro Boy's it's, better. Very, it's very aged. It's just, yeah, the reading it as like a 30-something in the 2020s was like, nope, this this absolutely sucks. I just, the art's <laughs> poor, the, there are next to no laughs. All the characters are just, I don't know, not, well, they're not characters, they're just vehicles for comedy. I, I don't know, man, I think it's going to be, it's endlessly funny that I properly, completely accidentally geared you up for a wrestling match. The, the meta humor of it may be hilarious <laughs> funny to you, but yeah, no, I just, no, it just, maybe it becomes good. But If I'd done it on purpose, it wouldn't have been funny. But I didn't, and that's why it's fun. Because I, I mean, suffered you were as like, well. It's, gonna, it's a series about wrestling, and also they fart a lot, and they don't even fart a lot in this, to be blunt. So. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, anything you want to say, Phil, about Kaniku Man? The only thing I was going to say is, this is probably the series I have had the most trouble getting through. Okay. How so? Well, let me put it this way. Before this, I've always been able to just get through a series. If I like it or not, I'll, I'll read it. I'll get it done out of the way. The one exception prior to this was Loveless, where <laughs> oh, that was, I mean, that was a struggle. <laughs> but Kanika Man, like, legitimately, at one point, I was, I think I'd read a bunch and I was just going to be like, guys, do I actually even need to finish reading the next 15 <laughs> chapters? Is it yeah. actually worth me reading them or can I just not? Because it was weirdly long as well. <laughs> it was about 27 chapters, I think, we read, was it? It was just painful. And when, every, when the chapter can go through, like, five different plot beats in, like... A, and not, to be clear, plot beats, like, actual plot, but, like, shit, like, now he's in a disco, we need a disco on the next page. Now yeah. it's... Now he's hanging out with this person, and then, oh, oh now no, he's in space. The, vi yeah. the villain was actually his dad, but no, wait, no, it wasn't. It was actually his mom. Oh, didn't this chapter start about your psychic trying to make up for your failures? What about that <laughs> plot? Oh, the, the monster was a giant takoyaki that he refused to eat or something. The monster just wanted yeah. to run, and now he's on his back, and his legs are in the air, and now he's dead. <laughs> the fucking dinosaur. That was <laughs> tragically funny. See, it's funny! It's funny! <laughs> oh. <laughs> it has a couple of funny moments. I would not call it funny overall. <laughs> and I do think a lot of that is, as Sean said, it, it's comedy from the 70s in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Like literal 50-year-old comedy, yeah. So, on that note, <laughs> Girls of the Wild, Food Wars, Kaniku Man, which is the work Kaniku Man. <laughs> what? No! <laughs> I, there is a world where I can give Girl of the Worlds the benefit of the doubt because, I, as I said, it's just starting to take a step forward. And if I ignore, like, the main protagonist stops being such a wet blanket and the lead girl gets a bit better and obviously more focus on the other female characters who I enjoyed, yeah, the, there's a world where I could enjoy that. Food Wars, you know, it's got some issues, but it's also. A shonen series, and I am a sucker for shonen. It's also not trying to hide what it is. Yeah, it's also very kind of open private, and I've always been in an attitude of like, if you're going to be fan service, at least like embrace, like do the panty and stocking method of like embrace it, give it a reason to be there. So even though it's a bit annoying that everyone orgasms with the food, the fact that it's guys as well means I could be a bit more okay with. Like, it's not brilliant, but I, it's not. I, I didn't hate it as much as I did going into that. 
Whereas Kaniku Man, I had no expectations for outside of, oh man, this is one of the formative Shonen Jump series, like one of the best selling manga of all time. And hey, maybe it gets cool, but uh, I sure fuck don't want to read more to find out. <laughs> so, been it in the trash. Sorry, Kaniku fans. It's <laughs> may- maybe for the remaining 39 years are all great, but boy, that first one. He's just mad because I lied to him by accident. I will say you've overblown that because you were like, oh, I'm sorry I've led to that, like misled you. And in my head, I'm like, did we talk about this being a wrestling series? Okay, we did. sure. We Apparently did. I just blanked that. But... No, it's, it's just, it was just muscle, didn't we? Yeah. You did see it was all muscle, but you were also bracing me. I feel like my riding, my presiding memory, that's the phrase, was more that you were bracing me for him to be pooping and farting all the time rather than... Well, yes. Just that. Either way, shit. So I I drop I drop it like uh, Kaniku Man gets dropped in every chapter. So over to you, kids. Uh, Go on, Mike. Oh, me first. Thank you for volunteering me. You're welcome. So I didn't super like any of these, honestly, because while I do think Kaniku Man is funny at points, it's not good. Like it's really bad, and I laugh at how bad it is. Having said that. Does that mean it elicits more of an emotion than Food Wars or Girls of the Wild? Food Wars has caused me so much pain over the last year of you people taking me out of context for my remarks. <laughs> Is that forgivable? Is that the series' fault, though? Yes. <laughs> it drove me to this. <laughs> it's the children who are wrong, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I think, realistically, of these three, the one I would just never, ever want to go back to is probably Food Wars. Like, realistically, like, I I do not like Food Wars. Like, at all. Like, not only do I find it boring, I find just the noise that it has is, is just obnoxious. Leaps in logic abound in pretty much every chapter. Yeah, I just do not like it, and I know it's hugely popular, but that's almost certainly pretty much exclusively because of the fucking gasms. And I honestly, I don't even mind those, but it's just like, ugh, I don't want to read someone's jerk-off material. Girls of the Wild is not great either, because it it's very, very diminishing to all of its female characters, of which there is a lot. So it's not ideal, but at least I can see some potential in that in the future. Maybe it'll sort its shit later on, I don't know. I wouldn't really want to read it, though. Whereas Kaneku Man, I could see myself just seeing where the absolute insanity goes in some parallel universe where I would actually give a fuck. Because this it's so weird that you can't help but laugh. So yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Food Wars, even though none of them are particularly good. I think Food Wars is my vote. Well, Phil, over to you. God, the, this isn't even a question. It, it's Kaneko Man. It's... Ow. There hasn't been any other series except for Loveless, which I have been like, I just don't want to read more. Or like, I can't read more. It should be underlined. If a series breaks, fail. Yeah. Damning mean, indictment is the term we use. To be fair to Kaneku Man, part of that is down to the fact it was 27 chapters. And yes, there were shorter chapters, but it was just 27 chapters. And it's just like, it, it makes no difference if you I don't think it would have made any difference if I'd just stopped after volume one. <laughs> volume two is just more of the same. It doesn't move anything forward. No one grows as characters. Not 
not nothing happens. They're all just no, standalone no, chapters. The, the second female character gets introduced in volume two, Phil. It's uh, very you know what? She's so important. I totally remembered her. Good, <laughs> good thing I read it. That's how you know she's the importantest. And I just, oh, it was just, it was an effort. And like, I like Food Wars. It was never going to be Food Wars for me. Girls of the Wilds, like, I think it was an interesting premise. Wish it got a bit more in on the fighty fighty sooner. And again, I think we're all in agreement. Like, we're all more invested in characters that aren't the main male and female lead. Like, the side characters are far more interesting. Give us more of them. But Kanikaman, I just didn't care about any of the characters whatsoever. Reasonable. Very, very fair and correct. I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm not. Good. So, you know, uh, so yeah, Girl of the Worlds and Food Wars, carry on. Can you command? Drop like shit, like you did Drop. on that tower. Yeah. Like a sock sack of shit. It, it, yeah, it can piss off. So, <laughs> did that too. <laughs> uh, so, on to Group F. So, this one is also going to be a uh, an interesting group now that I look who's in this one. First of all, then, it's our Christmas special series, Saint Young Men, aka Saint Onisan. This was a comedy slice of life manga, ongoing 20 volumes. Art and writing by Hikaru Nakamura. Uh, this is licensed by Kodansha. You can buy 19 volumes digitally or 18 volumes physically in omnibus format. It's got two OVAs, it's got film, but you can't stream them. It's got live action web series. And it's sold over 16 million units, as well as being nominated for a couple of awards and the winner of a Tezuka Osamu Cultural Prize. Yeah, this is another one of those. It's won awards, and we all thought it was kind of crap. It it was very, like, I'm not I'm not a religious person, but it was very dull. So this was the one where it was Buddha and Jesus mm-hmm. room up together. Yeah. In they, modern they times, together in modern yeah. times, yeah. Modern Japan specifically. Cue, cue their slice of life antics. Haha! Look at these ducks following me on the pond. Haha! They're very mild. I was going to say shenanigans. It doesn't. It never rides, rises to the level of shenanigans. Antics is a much better word. It's biblically accurate, but so benign. I don't, I don't think I'd even go as far as antics. <laughs> like, yeah, like it yeah. literally is just like this. In this chapter, they get on paddle boats. They they went and bought a, t- not a TV. I, I don't know, a thing. A he bought a cake at one point. They, they bought a cake in one one chapter. Yep. And every so often they slide in biblical and uh, whatever the Buddhist. Buddha Buddhist references are. It makes references like that all the time. And the jokes are if you know the references, as we discussed in this, if we know the references, some of the jokes are like oh, that's kind of funny. I, I, I hear if you know the references, it's more. Yeah. I'm not laughing, just. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I see what you did there, yeah. 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 I, I, I will also say, because I've got my big note sheet from out the year three open, and I like control F, set young man. And my first note of the overall section is fuck, it's dull. So, Ash <laughs> Sean loved this, apparently. <laughs> it was really dull, but it wasn't trying to be a rip snorting adventure of any kind. It was just trying to be. Two guys on holiday, because they were, they're on like a bit of a working holiday, just down on Earth and just chilling in Japan, basically. Like living the living the, the the slow life like so many people would want to do. Yeah, because of the very nature of the writing of this, it requires you to have a pretty deep understanding of Japanese culture, 
Christian culture and Buddhist culture. And if you don't really have any one of those things, the vast majority of the jokes just fall completely flat. I mean, they weren't exactly very spicy to begin with, but they're very bland if you don't get those as well. There's some stuff which is... I would say the, the manga is not unfunny. I would not say it's funny. It's not unfunny. But it's also not funny. It's, yeah, doesn't rise to the level of actual comedy. So dull. I was going to say, I think of the three of us, I'm the most on board with Slice of Life. Sure. Yeah. And even for me, this was... Uh... Just, it's Jesus and Butter. You can do so much more with it than I feel they, they do. Because they're I trying to... Well, like, if, if they were just like, it's two volumes, done. I'd be like, cool, fine. Not a problem. Uh, 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 20 going. volumes <laughs> it's like, I, I have no reason to care beyond, beyond even beyond volume 1 it's because they're trying to be like slow paced, quaint, calm they're really trying to get that like comfy relaxing you can't, atmosphere you can't call it slow paced, there's no pace well that's, that's where it fails in my opinion it's just, it's just episodic it's just mm-hmm. and this week Jesus wants to Jesus Make wants to cake. buy butter cake. Yeah, yeah like... trying to keep it a secret. I don't know the way this was originally released. I assume in a magazine along with most Probably. other things. So it, I think this might have suffered a bit from the same thing that Shikimori did way back when, where this is meant to be like the healing tonic between two other It is the thing stories. you just coincidentally pick up because it's in the magazine. You're like, oh yeah, I've, I've got... 10 15 minutes. I'll read it's the thing this. you stick at the end so that you know, the viewer, the viewer, the reader falls asleep and then when they wake up, it's time to buy the next one. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't go that far, but I, I would. <laughs> it is a very, very chill, calming piece, and I definitely do see the benefit in a story like that. It's just when you're forced to sit down and read two volumes consecutively of it, and there's just no, doesn't ever feel like they land on a point for existing, it's very tough to be nice to it. And I think that's pretty much where we've fallen into right now. While there is some parts of it that are nice, it just... Yeah, nice isn't much of a compliment here. I feel like it suffers from a similar thing as Way of the House Husband, in a way. Yeah. Where it's like, yes, yes, we get it. Jesus and Butter are living together. Ha ha ha. Funny, wacky hijinks. And that's great the first few times. But then when it's just... Nah, nah, man. Way Way of the House Husband had energy. Yes, like... I'm not making it a direct comparison. Play the house husband had comedy. Where the house husband was better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, apart from the animes, I'm I pretty mean, sure we, the, we the anime the film of this is better than. <laughs> we don't care where that that never that didn't happen. But like, in terms of just like the fact that it exists beyond the two volumes we read, it's just like <sighs> two volumes was enough. Unless someone comes along and says, "Oh, well, actually, in volume three or in volume five Jesus goes out and Jesus gets a well, gun. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they Jesus go buys a gun, becomes a gun. Nut. I'd be like, all right, I'm listening. Yes, because everything they do is so like milk toast as well. Like even the stuff that like cause it, the chapters are about the most mundane shit, and that's actually kind of fine in the sense that it fits the narrative. These literal gods, godlike being, however you want to describe them. They just want to live a life of mundanity. The problem is, why would we want to read that? It just gets very dull very quickly. But clearly, loads of people like it, so feel free to tell us we're wrong. I mean, all I'm saying is I watched Lucky Star. <laughs> all right. 
I, I would take that over this. Uh-huh. I no comment. So um, let's move, moving on then from from one super manga involving uh, supernatural beings to another. Platinum End, a supernatural oh, thriller manga God. that's ran for 14 volumes, uh, written by Sugumi Oba, art by Takeshi Obata. You can buy all of this via Viz, and there is a one-season anime available on Crunchyroll and Funimation. This has sold uh, 4.5 million, which is probably where it'll stay now, like around 5 million sales. God, like, not to give the game away, but can we go back to Saint Young Men? No, no, <laughs> I take this over Saint Young Man. Shit really? Happens uh, Shit happens yeah. in this. I was um, gonna say, like, yeah, it, but... it's a difficult choice, but yeah, at least stuff happens in this one. Sure, but but does it? And do we care? <laughs> I mean, it, it, do, oh, no, do no, we no, care? Different question. Does stuff happen? Yes. <laughs> okay, but the way stuff happens is really stupid as well. I mean, Death Note. This ain't. <laughs> yeah, it's desperately trying to be, but it ain't. This is a very much the series, um, which is essentially Death Note Cross Future Die, where a whole bunch of, I think it's like 14 or so people, maybe 12, yeah. are in. It's like a very specific number. Yeah, god candidates who all essentially get an angel with their own set of powers from the pool of powers, and they are tasked to resolve however they choose fit, so fight to the death, to figure out who will be the new god of the world, because the old god has gotten a bit tired. And all the candidates chosen are people who are unhappy with the current state of the world. Cut to our protagonist, who starts off the series jumping off a building trying to commit suicide. Yeah, uh, and you say from a pool of abilities... As in no. they can have wings, a red arrow, or a white arrow. That's And oh, first of all, the white arrow is not offered to most of them. So it's wings or a red arrow. Second of all, most of the people just get shafted. And they get yes. one thing. They get to choose one thing. Whereas our protagonist and the main antagonist has all of the things. I was going to say, I don't think they even get to choose. It's just they get what they're given until no, they, no, they, they get, get them choose. from they, other people. It depends on the tier of angel. Oh, Christ. It depends on the tier of angel, because that was a thing they put in this. And But yeah, basically, in theory, you're given the choice. But our protagonist is like, woe is me. Why, why would I choose? And they're like, ah, that's the correct answer. Now you get both. It's, oh my God. The whole point of this is that the candidate is decided in a year's time or whatever time period it was. And so it's very much nudging people towards kill all the other angels. Yes, you could figure out another way of doing it, but kill all the other angels and yeah, become predominantly that most of them are going to kill each other. Like maybe at the yeah. end, the remaining one or two candidates will talk it out. But yeah, kill the other candidates, sorry, not angels. But so obviously that's. That's the logical end conclusion of this, which is not very smart, but that is the obvious end conclusion, which the antagonist decides to take them up on, but he has this massive advantage of having all of the powers. If you're gonna have, like, a nudging people towards a death game of sorts, would you not want them to be on equal footing? Because if you're not, why wouldn't you just pick a guy? In this one, yeah, you're restricted to the three specific powers and... Because you can essentially collect the powers of anyone who you kill, which the antagonist immediately starts doing, yeah, you can end up in a situation very quickly where it's like, ah, so there's not really much interest in how they fight because there's only a limited pool and also one guy is very overpowered now. And they also add a Also, the police are useless. Oh yeah, totally. But (laughs) ignoring that for the time being, they add a ton of just stupid quote-unquote mystery elements to this where they're trying to have like a, a death note style 
cat and mouse back and forth. Oh, we're trying to outplay each other, use 4D chess, use these abilities to do, to work the system in a certain way, to try and get it onto your side. But they fail entirely. Somehow, Completely. despite having three abilities, there's mechanical bloat. <laughs> yeah, like it's, they completely fail to actually get any kind of intrigue going. And I think they do, the way they do it is so silly as well. The whole concept always fell down as soon as you thought about it too hard. This series bottles its big moments, like it has two, and like it, the first one, yeah, as the lead female um, hits the lead male with the red arrow, it's like, holy shit, how will this change things? And how it changes things is they sit and wait out the 33-day period. Yes, they just wait so, a month They just in a don't room. do anything. And it time skips as well. I was going to yeah. say, you, you, you end a chapter, is like, oh no, he's been stabbed, what'll happen? And then next chapter is like, oh, it's been a month. Yeah, pretty it, much. So yeah. it involves that, and then yeah, the the big culmination of volume two is the big stadium scene, which has a bunch <laughs> of like the four D stuff, but it culminates with the death of a little girl. Which, I mean, technically no, it's not a line you can't cross in a manga because it's not rape or anything like that. But it's also like this. This just feels it doesn't endear itself to you, do yeah. it? Yeah, we are giving this more thought than the manga did. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where you, you're not supposed to fight on your opponent's terms. No. Because they are setting the terms of engagement. So you go, no, clearly no. this is not good for me. <laughs> Fighting on your uh, opponent's terms. Well, no. yeah, but th in that one, it's like, I can definitely overcome this. It's going to be hard, but I'm going to go Super Saiyan 18 and overcome it at the last <laughs> minute. That's not what this is. They're trying to do, like, big brain chess moves, but they're doing it in such a weird and open venue that it completely eliminates any chance for anything subtle to happen. There's no subtlety whatsoever in this. They're trying to present it as 4D chess when actually everyone's playing tic-tac-toe. Yes, it, it wants to be Death Note, it wants to be Future Diary, and it fails at being either. Or. And it's not even a good story. Like, the, the actual setup is okay, I guess, but it's just boring. I, this, this, I mean, the fundamental story's fine. It's just people fighting to be God. Not... Yeah, but like the way they go about it is so boring. Go about it within the mechanics of the series, and the other's fine. Honestly, okay, here's a good comparison that you will not get, Sean, but feel oh, like. Oh, sweet. Highlander. Right. Hey, no, I've seen Highlander. Okay, <laughs> exact same thing in that. But I'm just talking the first movie, ignore the rest of the franchise for now. Which character right. is Sean Connery? We're playing an Egyptian with a Scottish accent. That's in the first one. He's playing a Spanish Egyptian. That's it. <laughs> But he's a white guy with a Scottish accent. He's the only Scottish actor in a movie called Highlander. Not my point. My point is, the mechanics of that are very similar. There can be only one, as it were. Yep. And so this drives them to kill each other over hundreds of years. And they've got a few mechanics in there, like you have to behead them. And that's actually pretty well done because it takes place over like such a long period of time. You actually get a chance to play into the idea of them needing to figure out the best ways to fight each other. And there's one guy just walking around murdering people and not even giving a shit because he's just that good at it. And like this, the main character is clearly an underdog in this situation. Like it's actually a lot more clever with less. And I think that's kind of the important thing here. Like they pile in so many different angles that they can kind of work with that nothing means anything in um, Platinum End. You can't, because you can always just pull something else out of your ass. And that's not fun. I, I think oh, you can't, because it's very restrictive in the list of abilities and all that. But either way, 
if you want the full debate of Platinum End, you can go listen to the episode where uh, oh, yeah, I am fighting the uphill battle for out, to put it mildly, even though I don't think it's brilliant. But speaking of shit, this is a, this is a fun group. So up against them from episode 69, Sunset of Passion, <laughs> a.k.a. Rakujitsu no Pathos, an ongoing romance manga with 13 volumes written and drawn by Suyasuya. This also has a prequel spinoff. Oh, so it's the porn that's not porn. <laughs> no, no, hey, no, yeah, you get more porn content in this than any other series. I was going to say, I, I feel suppose. like porn you is see not porn. The is okay, wait, okay, so it's porn, but it's not sexy. I, I mean, it didn't get me off. I, is that its fault or is that you? <laughs> I have a serious medical were you, condition. Were you going into any of these series with the aim of getting off? Like, if we gave you actual hentai, would you be going, you know what? No. <laughs> and to be clear here, because I don't think I mentioned this in that episode, right. I very specifically did not choose actual literal hentai. Yeah, this is not actual porn. It is, however, a will-they-won't-they-esque rom-com between a very lonely boy in the sexual sense and his frustrated wife-neighbor. His former high school teacher. Yes, that, who is, that's who is very willing. Crush. Who is very willing to indulge him. Like he's like, No, we, we mustn't, but yeah, go on then. Unless This is very much another just fuck already. No. Manga. I don't want them to fuck. <laughs> She's in a relationship already. She is in fact like, married, yes. Yeah, like I the morality of the situation. He has his aside. own girl who wants to fuck him. Morality together, of the situation. Yeah, the no. morality of the situation aside, I see no reason why these two people haven't fucked already. And like, cause her being married doesn't ever come into play. Not really. As far as it's their relationship is concerned. No, it's why she's sexually frustrated because her husband... Yes. That's well, my point, though. Like, He's a one-and-done guy, I guess. That's the way to put it. Like, She doesn't get to go all out because, boy, she's sexually active. Whoa, boy. <laughs> Gotta hammer that home. She's, she loves the screen during, during the sex. 20 years younger or something? I... She is horny AF. Which I could appreciate that, but... That's but fine. I would argue the husband, well, the husband as a character is irrelevant. I mean, you don't yeah. even see his face. Yes, you don't <laughs> see his face. name him, no. No. Him existing does matter because it is the thing that stops her. It is the thing that stops the fucking between the two of them, effectively. I guess what she I'm saying... That's going, no, no, I've got a husband. That, that, that would be wrong. Well, this is kind of what I'm saying. It, like, it never felt like... While, yes, that is the excuse she gives, that never felt like much of an impediment to the situation. Like, they're both... It's going to happen. Obviously, it's going to happen. Oh, well, yeah. It's just annoying that they won't get to it, because I, <laughs> they could, clearly should have happened already. You could build to it. I mean, no, I, I, in theory, they are building to it. Theory, for a bit first, volume like. 2 ends with... A said going to start fondling her body. And... Considering there's 13 volumes, realistically, I think, as me and you were both like, it can't be more than, like, volume 5 before... They just fuck. Because <laughs> there's only... It's the only way you can escalate <laughs> the way they're going. Just fuck already. I, like, I, you know what? Tell the story about how they give in to their lust and then all of a sudden they have to reckon with the morality of the cheating situation. That's a better story than just he jerks off to her. He jerks off to her screaming and maybe oh, to his manga assistant sleeping... Oh yeah, because he's a mangaka as well, just... Yes. Who draws porn? Who draws porn, yep. Does draw porn. There's not a lot to say about this, it's just... 
I, I honestly don't understand why this story wasn't maybe a volume long. There was no need for the amount of because at that point, why teasing, not just draw hentai at that point and just yeah, why not? Because <laughs> that doesn't sell as well, right? I feel like we're coming back to Mike's issue with just like rom commy things and just wanting things to be done in a volume. Mike wants every series to be done in a volume. That, that's kind of my point. My issue is not that I want things to just be done and dusted. I a, Isn't want it, some... Mike? I mean, we've gone through enough where you've been like, why is this not over? Why is this not? <laughs> why aren't they just that's... together? Like, that's when because... we, we've already talked about Call of the Night, so I'll bring it up again here. You literally wanted that thing to be over in about two volumes. You were like, why hasn't they already resolved the plot? Because the reason I say this is because every bit of evidence we are given towards how this is going, often and oftentimes it feels like it should already be over. Like that should be the ending. So the fact that it hasn't ended means that they're just dragging it out. And that's just annoying. Like it's infuriating. You've got to have those. build. Like you you always want to cut out the build. That's my point. They they have built. They built real fucking fast, and now why aren't they fucking? They're still because they haven't got there yet. They're at the fondling <laughs> stage. They They're still edging, Mike. They have got there. They're totally there. They're both down for it. No, she's she's still not down for it. She's still very much like she's no. She's getting no. there. She's getting. I'm there. I'm pretty certain there is multiple occasions where she's like, if he sees me, I'm cool with that. Or like, sees me naked, I'm cool with that. Or like, actually grabbing his dick and stuff. Like, I swear, like, it's very overt, and I don't remember, I mean, but I'm pretty sure it's so very that overt. So does happen, event. but she's not yet at the point where... She, like, there's a difference between see me naked and let's fuck. I was going to say, she's got her line, she will not cross, which is apparently them fuck. Yeah, I, I don't see why... And this is her why, just like... slowly escalating to that line until presumably she's got to make a decision. Yeah, I, I don't see why. Given everything we were shown, and everything that's happened and everything we're told, I don't see any reason why. Morality of cheating aside, yeah. I don't see why they haven't already fucked. Like, because of it, the morality of cheating? That's the thing. I never got the idea with these characters that that was really that much of an issue. For one of them, no. For one of them, yes. Yeah, the, the guy clearly doesn't care. He just wants to fuck. But yeah, she but why he doesn't want to fuck like... the, the, the other girl in his life who clearly would be down for it because apparently he's oblivious i guess like most protagonists yes and the yes. fact that the two of them just continue um this is like the two league characters continue having the most awkward conversations where they just kind of weirdly tiptoe around these issues at times and then just bring it up in the most like haha wouldn't wouldn't it be funny if i <laughs> if i'd seen you that'd naked crazy that's that's I'm crazy oh you were drunk that time don't worry about it uh da, da. He more appreciates the big old flapping titties than whatever the I, they, they do on. flop around like that. Uh, they do. That's one thing I do remember. Right, well, hot damn. That, that saved damn. into uh, Mike's bank bank. Or <laughs> burned into my memory forever. Mike, that didn't happen in volume two. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but this does mean then that now. Now we have to ignite the frozen passion and pick which series is going out of the tournament. Saint Young Man, Platinum End, Sunset of Passion. 
Honestly, it's tough because I hate all three of these. I was going to say, this wasn't <laughs> even the group I had pegged as they're all shit, but now that I've got here... No, nah, they didn't get to pegging yet. Tell you what, I'll passion. go first then. I think this is a pretty easy one for me. Oh, really? Uh, oh, okay. I, it's Saint Young. So, so it was just so dull. I just, just can't. <laughs> I, I read two volumes. You know what? I'm good. I, I don't need any more. It's not a good feeling when you feel like you have to be dragged through a plot. <laughs> Like, yeah. as I say, if someone came up to me and said, oh, but don't you know, volume five, Jesus gets a gun and turns into a gun nut, as we said, I'd be like, oh, shit, you know what? Maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> Whereas the others, like, oh, Platinum End had some very questionable writing decisions. Art was good. But yeah, art was all right. Sorry, what? I had to fight Tuff and Neil for that. <laughs> and you won. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, you know, it, it had stuff going on. Might not have been clever stuff, smart, but stuff was happening. And, again, similar with Sunset of Passion, like, stuff was happening. People <laughs> were doing things. They might not have been good characters, but I was invested in them more than Buddha and Jesus. Which, they weren't I mean, doing maybe the that one says thing a lot. they should have been. How, how <laughs> heretic, that's the word. How heretical say, you know, of you. Maybe that says more of me, but hey, I'm neither Christian nor Buddhist, so oh well, I'll live. God damn Jedi. In hell? So. <laughs> I mean, you know what? If that's the case, that that's what it ends up being. Then so help me, God. Uh, uh, Mike? Uh, I really don't know. Oh, you want to throw it to me then? Are you still... Yeah, I'm still okay. thinking. Cool. Well, so I'm not going to pick Platinum End because it's the one of these three that I have actually bought and think is decent, even if it... <laughs> not, again, not brilliant. Like, uh, we didn't mention it in this, but um, as we went into in painful terms in the episode, it's from the Death Note and Backham and Duo, and those two are absolute bangers of series, and Platinum End is not that. But it's also, of these three, it's the only one I would actually consider buying and reading and have bought and read a bit of. So I'm essentially left with boring Jesus and boring Buddha against boring porn. Ooh, that's a choice. Uh, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, Sunset of Passion at least is going somewhere. It's not a great somewhere, but it's going somewhere. And I can believe that once it's gone somewhere events will happen and they'll be forced to actually do a bit more with their characters than just consistently escalating sexual conduct. Because once they fucked, then you've got to come up with something else to do with the series. You can't just keep can't just keep fucking because that's no longer that's diminishing returns at this point. I mean they sell some pills that might help with that. Yeah. So for me, much like Phil, Saint Young Man is the one I have the least of investment of and that's not to say i'm invested in sunset passion but it's to say that it's not zero it's like 0.1 yeah saint young man uh, for me is because it was so so boring there you go mike your vote no longer matters <laughs> yay pressure's off so now with the pressure off i can say i i still dislike all three of these quite Fair. intently saint young men boring dull I get that some people find it comfy and nice, but it doesn't stop it being boring and dull. Platinum Men, just way dumber than it thinks it is. And frankly, that comes off a bit, like, I uh, don't know, snooty in a way. Where it's like, we are this work of genius. You're really not. 
And if I can poke holes in it, you are not a work of genius. But that's the way it really wants to be. Like, you poke holes in everything. I feel like that's just... <laughs> yeah, and that I've never called a thing on this show genius. <laughs> there you go. Now, far be it from me, is the one who suggests most of these series. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any of them are particularly trying to be genius. Well, good, because they don't succeed. <laughs> yes. And finally, we've got Sunset of Passion, which is... Just fuck already. <laughs> like, you say you can see it going somewhere. I think it should have already been. Like, I, I know you guys shit on me all the time for saying, like, why isn't it over already? But this one especially, I just... There's no reason this needs to keep going. Because they clearly have no intention of exploring anything else. You could easily have them fuck, and then maybe the rest of the thing is about how they're sneaking around behind people's backs. I really don't think that's where they're going with this. Maybe they do. Don't know. No indication of that. It wasn't a good story. It was frustrating to watch. Uh, read, sorry. And yeah, I've got no investment in any of this. So my actual thought here is that what I would choose, assuming this would count, which it doesn't, I would probably choose Platinum End to go out. Purely because while, yes, St. Young Men is boring, and while, yes, Sunset of Passion is just bad, they're both know exactly what they are, and they're not trying to be better than they are. Whereas Platinum End, I genuinely see as an out-and-out -out writing failure. There's nothing that really hooks me into that, because you know just by reading it, it's either going to be nonsensical or BS. And I've got no investment in that whatsoever. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not exactly invested in Saint Young Men or Sunset Passion, but they know what they are, and they stick to it. Whereas Platinum Men can be whatever the fuck it wants, and that's more annoying and frustrating than anything the other two did. So I would have voted for that. But it doesn't matter, because St. Young Men is gone, and I'm not mad to see it go. I mean, you, you still vote for it. It's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, there you go. Yes, as I said, St. Young Man, Jesus has fallen. Will he be back in a few days' time for our next episode? Nope. So. <laughs> Savage. Get fucked, Christianity. Crotch chop. We, we've already had Easter. <laughs> so, on to getting there now, folks. Group G, penultimate group. So, let's have a more light up. Let's go a bit. Let's, let's go up a bit in terms of quality now. So, the first of G, Killing Me, Killing You, the ongoing fantasy adventure manga, three volumes, written and drawn by Imamushi, narrator with... Two PVs, but no anime otherwise, unstreamable and not licensed. This is a banger. It's a bit weird, but it's that's meant your, to be. That's your, yeah. okay. Wow. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. I was going to say, huck it out. If you're miserable about this now, I'll slap you. No, no. It, it, it is. It verges on lol random, which I would have thought would have been a, more of a point against for you. That's good. But it is good. It is real weird. It is a modern fantasy manga that isn't an isekai, so that's immediate plus points. Yeah, kind of. Nah, we made this joke in the episode of, like, if you interpreted events in one way, maybe you could call it an isekai, but not really. It, it doesn't really have any of those stat block tropes or anything like it that. It doesn't have any of the those kind of tropes, no. It is, it is very much Mushishi-esque, episodic, kids on an adventure going through this crazy magical world where the Magical time space meteor fucked everything up, so it's also part sci fi and <laughs> just 
their adventures as they set fire to a forest, freed it from its lock in time, and yeah, the house moving sure, castle but, at one point. And but what is this mystical adventure they're on? It's a quest to die, Phil. They want to die. Because oh. they're both immortal. They're both immortal. Uh, one girl has the meteor jammed in her head. One is a uh, Cthulhu squid man. And yep. they just they just want to die. They just want to die. <laughs> Except they can't. Regardless of how graphically they die, they always yeah. get right back up. They just want to die. And then what well, can only be described as a lightbeat, upbeat adventure. I was going to say, like... <laughs> it is weirdly upbeat, said this yeah. at the time uh, in the episodes. Like, you read the description and you think, man, that just sounds depressing. It's like... No, no, it's actually just quite lighthearted and entertaining. <laughs> yeah, which is a very strange juxtaposition, but they fucking nail it. So, good job. The art really finds its form in the second volume, and yeah, I, I like the lead characters. It's just... It... it wasn't all good. Oh, here we go. No, there was a couple of stories that even, like, chapters, because they're all episodic. So The the Romeo and Juliet one at the end was definitely yeah. the one that I've, you can tell I recently listened to this episode was the one that divided us the most, where, like, I know Phil really yeah. likes that chapter, whereas me and you were both like, but it's too vague. Well, I was like, but it's too vague. And you were like, what's the point of this one? Yeah, like, there's a lot of stuff where, and granted, each chapter is meant to be its own episodic thing, but, like, there are some chapters that you think, wow, what, what did this add to the story? What did this add to the character? Especially with that last chapter, I really felt like the characters were just there and we were watching another story play out in front of us. Whereas with most other chapters, they seem like an integral part of the show. And it was like how the thing affected them and how they fixed the situation. Whereas, yeah, that last chapter, not a fan. And there was a lot of like real serious tonal shifts as well in it. Like near the beginning, where you could be forgiven because they're still trying to find their feet and what they're doing. To prove that they're immortal, it's like pretty lighthearted as it is through the rest of the thing. And then it like suddenly cuts to like a super graphic scene of, of the female protagonist being murdered, then it just goes back to being normal again. It's like, oh, okay. Yes, the, uh, the presiding new thing you had throughout the episode is how it's a manga of A, but also B at the same time. Yes. Like, you're like, it's this, but also it's the exact opposite of this at the same time. It, it is. It's a very, like, in that regard, it's very messy, but in keeping on theme, it's messy, but not in a bad way. <laughs> It very much is all things, and it works. It really works. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be, because I didn't see anything this year, but not to give the hand away, game away or anything, I feel this is the number one seed for me. It was very, very good, and it was constantly both weird and interesting. Like, everything was weird, so normally if everything's weird and random, then you think, oh, I can't get invested because they could just do literally anything. But that it was written in such a way that you were still maintaining interest. That's the other thing I would say is important. Like, it's set in a world where it's feasible that near enough anything can happen. Like, they've given justification for it. Yeah, and they, they took time to build that world as well. Like, yeah. everything legitimately makes sense, despite the fact it's all quite literally nonsense. So I think it's because, in some ways, they don't necessarily build a world. They kind of give you this very basic setting of meteor fell magic blah 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 and then it's just each chapter itself builds on the world it's like yes oh, we have dragons ah oh, we got moving castles ah oh, there's weird tree this, this lady things. who can breathe life into these tentacle plushies and then yeah 
tragically dies. Their magic adventure. Yeah, she sadly dies halfway through the chapter, and you're like, oh shit, okay. And then the Tep Hushies go off on their own adventure. Oh, the tonal shifts are all over the place in this manga as well. But again, that never makes it bad. It never feels inconsistent. I say, on the one hand, yes, but on the other hand, when it's a manga about two protagonists who want to die and it's called Killing Me, Killing You, you can't really say, oh, it came out of nowhere the fact that this tonal shift is like, what did you think? <laughs> <laughs> They want to yeah. die. What do you think that entails? Yeah. <laughs> just want to die. <laughs> yeah, Mike can't go just die already because they're trying. They're, they're, <laughs> they're really, really, really trying. Really trying. <laughs> yeah. So that's how we get him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actual effort. That's what gets me. Weird. That. Why, can't, why can't they do the thing? Because they, they quite literally can't, Mike. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. Explaining shit, weirdly, I'm okay with that. It's not faultless it's not it, it's not perfect at all and i do think there is some stuff which definitely could improve but as far as like right out of the gate first two volumes pretty fucking great well so the next up tomo chan is a girl aka tomo chan where ononoko a rom-com manga that's finished eight volumes written and drawn by fumita yanagida uh, you can buy all this through seven seas if you can ever find it and there is uh, an anime that aired recently, uh, one season, all available on Crunchyroll. This won the 2016 Next Manga Award for Web Manga. Does Mike remember which of the rom-coms this is? I, I do, because while we were talking about Uzaki-chan earlier, I was sitting there thinking, man, I swear this plot appears in a different manga we read this year. And that's basically uh, this. It's like uh, two no. people. two people are friends, and they can't see that the other one is... is because the difference here is the one of them clear well first of all one of them is clearly into them is trying to win the other over Uh and also the half the plot is that he only sees her as a guy which is definitely not the issue in uzaki chan and also sure the series straight up opens with her confessing to him and him just being like ah i like you too pal (laughs) (laughs) oh buddy old pal like it's like i Feel like you've misunderstood, but yes, it's it's less a slice of life which happens to have two people who are sort of romantically interested in each other, and more of a how can I make him see me as the woman that I am, but also fuck I'm strong. Well, fuck they're both strong. And yeah, they're very beat violent. Them up, beat them up. <laughs> <laughs> like they they both jump to violence so quickly across this whole thing. Like not necessarily in a abusive way, I guess. I was going to say, the only time we really see them beat up others is when, you know, one of them gets bullied or targeted, and then yeah. they're like, yeah, no, fuck those people. Or someone targets their friend. Yes. And also, you have Gundo, who's the best third character, so I <laughs> accept no substitutes. Misheard you and thought you said Gundam. I'm like, wow, we really did read different things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like this. I've been trying to pick it up because, again, I like the characters, I like the chemistry, I like Gundo. It's good comedy. It's a good rom-com series that both has romance and comedy and does well in both of those. And it's almost impossible to buy at a reasonable price. So My memory of this is that it wasn't bad. Like, I, I remember that I wasn't really bored by this. and Which is impressive because there were 240 strips you had to read. <laughs> my, yeah, my infinite standing, infinite standing status of not into rom-coms does apply. But in spite of that, I remember the characters themselves were actually pretty fun. Like, I did, while the, the main character did come off as quite oblivious to a unbelievable degree, I did actually feel like these characters 
were real within their universe. It really did feel like a believable story, almost. If it was, even if it was a bit played up for entertainment value. Like, I've met people like this, and I think, I feel like I said something to that effect in the actual episode as well. Uh, like, I, I've totally met people who are so obsessed with being friends that they, they can't emotionally, mentally, whatever, take that next step, even though clearly that they're into each other. And so, it did feel like this was a potentially kind of more real thing, despite the fact that it is often played up for laughs. And... <sighs> I don't really have a point to say other than that. Like, these people were fun personalities as well, as far as rom-com characters go. My main problem is there wasn't a ton of plot involved. I believe your main problem was they weren't fucking already. I mean, they could have been fucking already, but if that's my, if that's my takeaway now, then clearly I, we reviewed this before episode 69, so... Where it ha- they should it has a lot of, like, mini-scenarios, but... Uh... Yeah, so we're like, oh, in this one, it's about like, Gundo and the lead character's past. In this one, it's about Carol getting involved in it all, who's another female character, and her relationships. And oh, in this one, it's about, let's go meet her, Tomo's mother and father, and how eerily similar in ways they are to the lead characters and stuff like that. Yeah. So it does a lot of like mini arcs like that. And it is a four coma, so they're not really... They're not really concerned with doing, like, long arcing plots. It, it would be weird if it became sudden text dump or anything. Yeah, so I, that's not necessarily a thing against it either. Like, I just remember thinking this one was pretty decent, which is pretty much as good as I get for rom-com, so take what you can get. Hey, Phil, anything you want to add? No, so I think you guys covered it all. It was solid, enjoyable, good, wholesome, family-friendly fun. Not sure I'd go that far, but like, uh, there's a lot of violence in this. Like, I'm not saying it's uh, shonen sign in ultra violence, but it's like fist fights happen a lot. Do they? I remember them happening a lot, but I, I remember them ago. kind of playfully punching each other, and they were in like the karate club, or yes, yes, they were. Yes. Or her family dojo, some sort of martial arts thing. Yes, but yeah, it, it's not bad. Good. Decent characters. The art was nice. Comedy was relatively on point. Yeah. There you go. So what what is it up against in this group? Uh, well, it's up against Talentless Nana, aka Monono Nana, an ongoing psychological thriller manga at 10 volumes, written by Loose Boy, art by Iori Furia. This is licensed by Crunchyroll. You can go read uh, 84 chapters on there as they sim you puppet. And there is a one season of the anime available on Crunchyroll and Fun It May Shun. For once, this is one where the twist caught us all off guard. It catches off guard. But, okay, so the twist of this... Okay, the world, let's describe that first. It's a... Yeah, yeah. So, so what is it, Mark? What, what is this? It's a... It, in a world where there are supposedly these enemies of humanity, these big, maybe small, maybe monster, maybe human, maybe lots of different things creatures maybe people out there and there are kids who are born with like special powers so they're going to take these special these special powered kids they're going to put them in a school and train them up x-men style and they're going to go out and fight the enemies of humanity except it's then revealed that the enemies of humanity are the kids with powers and so they are trying to put them in a situation where and a secret agent of sorts can go around, can blend in, 
go around and knock them off one at a time. So the the twist is that you spend the entire first chapter getting to know this character, figuring out like what his abilities are, and turns out he's got the power of negation. Oh, that's that's so cool. And like you get to know this other character, this girl uh, called Nana, who has like the power of reading minds, but she can't really turn it off and. And so they, they make, like, their, a friendship, of course, because, you know, like, she can't turn it off and he can negate her powers and give her thoughts in a moment. She kills him by pushing her off a cliff. Just pushes him off a cliff, kills him. End of chapter one, or early in anyway. And that's the twist. The twist is she is a secret agent who's been infiltrated the school to kill these kids with special powers one at a time. And she, in fact, has no powers of her own. She's faking it. So that's the whole premise of the thing of the manga it's her going around figuring out how to kill these kids one at a time that sounds brilliant specifically Mike. without drawing attention to herself what, yes. what are the consequences as these people keep dying mike <laughs> good question <laughs> <laughs> oh she even has like an app on her phone that says these guys need to die because they're going to kill a million people in the future this, this medic will kill one million people her only ability is to heal people by licking them. This person can only turn off other superpowers. Gotta murder him first. <laughs> it's real stupid. I, this is one where I really want to love it, but also then, yeah. The way the story plays out after that first chapter, the more you think about it, the more you're like, that, hold what? Yeah, it jumps the shark so fucking early. Like, yeah, you, you've got those issues. Like, they are issues, but I think they can sort of be worked around. From is it like, the second character she has to off is, oh, I can travel back in time. <laughs> time traveler, like, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they set the stakes a bit too high, a bit too fast. Yeah, it goes so big on its path. Like, as I said, time travel, well, we have both someone who can see the past, someone who can see the future. Other characters include an immortal, a necromancer. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like, I get you want to have high stakes, but <laughs> you've immediately gone for all of the most broken over being powers. And I'm somehow supposed to believe that this girl not only gets away with it, but like makes a mockery of it half the time. I was going to say, it's, it's less a case of like, that they did all these powers and more just like, these were the ones they went straight to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you, you could have, you know, just gone with a guy that can shoot fire out of his hand you know Who those guys are there have. yeah yeah there's a fire and an ice guy <laughs> could have killed them first but no they're just background characters which i mean in some ways i kind of understand why you go with time travel and necromancer first because yeah get rid of the people that can easily point out you fucked up uh, you say could easily point out, Phil, but the necromancer mm -hmm, yeah. resurrects the person who she killed, and then they're like, "No, what about the soul? Can't you hear? I mean, never mind the mass murderer." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no because my mind reading powers are telling me he's suffering. How could you? It's fine. They're all dying, so therefore, clearly, the police or the army or the military or some government body will be brought in to, to. Yeah, there's some huge, uh, like, leaps in logic here, because if the goal is to kill these kids, and you have 100% fooled them that they're going to a island, like a small island, a school on an island, to train their abilities, nuke it. <laughs> I think, from what I remember, the implication was it's, like, two split factions or something. You have yeah, the people that were like, yes, yes, super-powered kids, all great and dandy, and then you have others that are like, nah, fuck, kill them. 
feel the issue that we ultimately came up back to yeah, and the thing was like there are two realistic possibilities which is that one the government is actually supports these kids in which case why the shit aren't they doing more then yeah they start dying considering it's literally just one incompetent yeah. teacher and that's the only point yeah. of authority on this entire island or the flip side is no they, they want them all dead in which case i get why you can't just nuke them because that's a yeah. bit obvious okay, but there yeah. are far more efficient ways to yeah. gas <laughs> to <watch> them, them. <laughs> yeah yeah like you could just rock up and shoot them there's no need to do all this cloak and dagger stuff yeah i think it was sort of this idea that the government itself split so uh yeah there's also this thing of like necessarily have either way like you couldn't just rock up and shoot them because we don't know what their powers are what <laughs> they try to hint at that nana is actually being manipulated by this antagonist organization has to, has to be because it, you tried like the worst was like oh that negation guy who she kills off first they would he would have killed 15 million people yeah with negation which can't harm anyone the logic is that their powers grow and evolve over time so that could have turned into something much worse later on. Like, instead of negating powers, he turns off people's lives. I suppose it's also if these kids are there being trained to be weapons for the military or something, then you could say, oh, well, if he can negate other people's powers, he might be able to negate our side's powers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's just in the moment, it's cool. But then just yeah. if you stop and think about anything, it just starts disintegrating. Oh, you. yeah. Like it, it's it's moments of thought disintegrates into I, a plot. I, I know I've made this comic with a bunch of series throughout the, throughout the years, not just year three. But it's like if, this, if only this series had like a better editor or script supervisor. Yeah. If they just hard. stopped writing at one point, it'd be oh, fine. That. Oh, I did say that. Yeah. Just the whole <laughs> bit where they're like, and this has been going on for 200 years. Like, no, cut that. <laughs> stop that right now how have they not figured out it's been long enough that how have they not figured out that the kids they're sending to this island never come back <laughs> it's like it was well, real wasn't stupid. it also wasn't it around this idea no one had seen the air quote enemies of yes. humanity these monsters like no one had actually seen them before it, it is pretty obvious that at the very least we're being fed a bunch of propaganda yeah with their enemies of humanity and that's fine that's easy enough to accept but it never really lands on who we should be rooting for as a reader like obviously we're rooting for nana right but maybe she's being manipulated and that sounds very intriguing but the way they write it it's just so it just has such leaps in logic that you can't connect to this story at all it sucks <laughs> which is a shame because it's such a good idea yeah like a bunch of series this year cool ideas just not realized well not at all but now you have to pit these in a fight so, who goes out? Which is the trashest? Killing me, killing you, Tomo Chan is a girl, or talentless Nana? Are we letting Mike start this one? Uh, sure, I'll leap off that in ever ending waterfall. Because I think this one's a pretty obvious one. Tomo Chan, I'm not into rom coms, but even I accept that it's, it's a good one. The characters are decent, they feel tangible, they're fine. Killing me, killing you is fantastic, that was never gonna lose. So, by process of elimination, I have to go with the one which does the most wrong, and that is definitely Talentless Nana. Which is a shame, again, because the twist is good, like it literally caught us off guard. So in that way, it was written quite well. But it needed to learn when to fucking stop. It needs to stop adding useless information that cancelled out other information we'd already received. They need to not jump the shark as early as they did, because they really did that. And 
when it comes up with legitimately good ideas, it can't just take the win. It has to overcomplicate it one chapter later with something else that happened. Like I, t- I said this earlier, not everything needs a twist, you know? Yeah, uh, it, I, yeah. I agree. And pretty much the same result for me. Like, Tom Chai's a girl, I bought, I like it. We learned this year that I'm quite a sucker for rom-coms, but I didn't pass all of them, whereas Tom and Chad, yeah, I enjoyed I like the characters, I like the dynamic. Uh, I hope to be able to buy the rest of it at some point in the future. Killing Me, Killing You, absolutely brilliant. I wish it was licensed so I could go buy it and read the rest. It's not sadly at the moment, but yeah, it, it's amazing. If you t- stop being an isekai, suddenly mm. you can actually tell a good story. Crazy. More of that, please. More, more Killing Me, Killing You. More, more of that, less of every isekai. Lone Life in another world. Uh, insert less of Remonster, less of Lone Life, less of less of all of that stuff. So Talentless Nana, I don't think it's bad, but it loses by default here because yeah, it it's by far the most flawed of these three series. Like Tommy Chaz a Girl is a good rom com. Jackie Mikin Yu is a great fantasy. Talentless Nana is a could be good, but bungles it so often. Thriller, which is a shame because I would like to like talentless nana it just it just keeps going it just keeps coming up with hey what if we added this what if we added this what if you what if she fought this it's like what if we have another person that has time travel as an ability please no if there's a third time travel i swear to christ Mm -hmm. so uh yeah talentless nana goes out sadly i i don't necessarily think it should be going out in round one but uh it's the luck of the draw nana so over to you phil uh yeah no surprises here. My, my vote's Talentless Nana as well. I think Killing Me, Killing Hugh's probably in it for the long haul. I can't think of anything we did this year that would top it, in my mind anyway. I'm sure there might be one or two that might come close, or might even manage it, depending on the matchup, potentially. Tomachan, yeah, solid, good fun. It helps it was a four-comer as well, I think, because I think if it was your, like, your traditional... 20 page a chapter manga format i think that would have hurt it a bit i think that would then become a stuff needs to be condensed down a bit more but overall i think it was fine how it was great characters interesting stories good joke love it and yeah talentless nana like it yeah it's just look at the drawer in a way interesting idea it does mess it up a bit by just immediately jumping to oh, now we've got all these time-traveling characters or characters that can somehow immediately figure out who the traitor is, the werewolf, the whatever you want to call it, rather than having a volume of, oh, no, this person's died, and Nana had to arrange things or set up alibis and things in such a way that it drew attention away from before you then get into, like, war or whatever. It's, it's just a bit of an unfortunate look at the drawer i think for it i think in other brackets it would have gone through without problem unfortunate pairing indeed but that's the way it goes so into the final group of the tournament the final trio yes the end is nearly in sight of round one i promise you the rest of the rounds aren't this long but uh group h the final three can mike remember which three they are that's the question uh no no, okay. Well, we'll take you on a trip down memory lane then. Starting with the first one, which is Oshinoko, the ongoing drama manga at 11 volumes, written by Aka Akasaka, art by Mengo Yokoyare. This is licensed, two volumes out by Yen Press. You can also go read it all on Manga Plus. 
The first season is currently airing, which is available to stream on High Dive. It sold 3 million copies, two-time Manga Taisho nominee, Shogakugan Manga Award nominee, Tezuka Osamu Cultural Prize nominee, winner of the next Manga Award, winner of the Kanancha Manga Award, and at the time of recording, take this with a pinch of salt because only a few episodes have come out, but at the time of recording, the number one ranked anime on Mao. People fucking love this. It's also, I made jokes in the episode at the time that, oh, it's on high dive, that'll, oh, that's all. that'll kill it. Most successful premiere in high dive history. Most streams, most new subscribers. It's made them absolute bank. And it's still a stinky butthole manga. <laughs> it's still a masterpiece. Big old poopy manga. I'm going to go with you both wrong. I feel, I feel this episode's too recent for us to have changed our minds on this. <laughs> yeah, because Oshinoko was like, what, a couple of weeks ago? Like the third, like the tri ultimate, I believe. Yeah, like it's, it is. Uh, did we decide if it was an isekai or not? It's reincarnation. It's a reincarnation because they're on Earth still. So. Yeah, I mean, you could say it's an isekai because, like, he goes from being a doctor to being no isekai. No. Actually, is explicitly New World. It has to be. So you you can argue it if it's like Earth, but a thousand years in the future. Yeah, like but, killing me, killing you style of like. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, oh, I, but, I'd argue um, that's not Earth and killing me, killing you. But yeah, go on. But like, yeah, when it's they die and they reincarnate to a month later or whatever it is, it's like no, it's it's the same, same old, same old. Yeah, unlike Mike, I argue that this justifies his reincarnation and does a good job with those characters. Unlike Mike, I like the characters. Yeah. Like Mike, I do agree that Volume One had a few pacing issues, but then massively picks up at the end of Volume One when the big event happens, and then Volume Two tells the story of the two kids, and it's sweet and adorable and lovely. And Ruby uh, has her cool other stuff going on, and Aqua, <laughs> Aquamarine, still a stupid name, has his whole drama shtick going on. And now Mike's going to be like, "Wow." <laughs> it sucks wow no it's like there's two of me in this conversation <laughs> uh yeah because the the point of this is it's a doctor who lives in the middle of nowhere he's part of this idol's fandom and then one a stalker of this idol comes around and murders him he then reincarnates as one of the babies that this uh idol gives birth to in secret secret because of the whole idol culture that we discussed pretty much at length in that episode and it's a story of him growing up as this idol's child alongside his twin sister, who is another person from his previous life as well. But she's not super relevant. The main character, it, it's all about um, this male character and his time growing up as the secret son. And then a tragic thing happens at the end of volume one, where the stalker comes back around and finishes the job, so to speak by killing the idol and then the story shifts to what the kid's going to do now that they're out of the shadow of their idol mother like are they gonna try and get acting careers or whatever and yeah you have ruby inspired by her legacy and essentially following in her footsteps become determined to become an idol of her own and then you have aqua who uh consumed by the event as it were and resolves to uh yeah make revenge and kill off Whoever it their is, father. who he logics as, yeah, their father. Yeah, the logic in there is a little bit backwards. I mean, it's a good starting point of like who, who tip. Like, yeah, like uh, I wouldn't necessarily immediately be jumping to yes, yes, I'm going to kill my father now. I'd be like, you know what? Let's find out who he is. 
We'll have a chat. Then maybe the murder. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, got I mean, that. <laughs> yeah, it, it it definitely did have trouble. I think we covered this in the series with its jumping logic to, ah, uh, yes, clearly the stalker is working with someone. It's like, why, why has everyone made this assumption? <laughs> yeah, like stalking is predominantly a solo activity. <laughs> but for some reason, everyone just jumps to, yeah, he's got an accomplice. And that becomes our protagonist driving force, I guess. I mean, I guess if they're trying to do like a redirected, a misdirected anger thing, yeah, I guess you could do that, but it's still a hell of a jump. As I say, everyone just went, oh, he's clearly had an accomplice. It's like, why? We're not given any reason to believe this case, other than the fact we're just told, please think there was an accomplice. It's like, but why? A stalker turned up at her house and stabbed her. Police ain't got to explain shit, Phil. I mean, the police don't. That's the, sad story, the story say. does. <laughs> yeah, the like, the police don't have to explain shit, but you as the reader would really like it if they did. I, to me, it was fine. Like, I feel that was a mountain out of a molehill from my perspective. Something I know Mike has often said about my critiques, but... <laughs> I, the problem is, if it was just, like, some throwaway thing, I'd be like, yeah, all right, fine, whatever. Problem is, it is setting up a character's main driving force. This is why he is now doing things because he is determined to find their father because he believes their father is the reason that I, their mother, was murdered, and effectively why he was murdered in his previous life. I, mean, I would also argue it's fine to just want to find your dad. Like even yes, like, yes there's all the extra stuff tied to associate to it. But even if there wasn't that, I mean, yeah, it's it's fine if he was like, I want to find my dad. But the problem is. It's not, I want to find my dad. It's, I want to find my dad because of revenge, because he is the reason that the mother died. It's fine. As I, it's it's it fine. absolutely fine. But yeah, I, I like the characters. I like the tone, the art, the the writing. Outside of that first volume pacing, which I, I agreed with Mike in the episode, does have its dips. But otherwise, I think going forward, it's going to be good because you've got the two lead plots of Aqua and Ruby, which can take the driving seat when needed and let the other one breathe, which a lot of series can have issues with. Yeah. I didn't like it. I gathered that. <laughs> but, uh, you utter- I'm going to say this now, having edited that episode, you utterly failed to eloquate those points. So Yeah, I, I know I had... A- it was even funnier because this was the episode where I said, Mike's great at debating. And then yeah, I, I, somehow, I someway, that was the episode where I out-debated you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I clearly I buckled under that one. Like, I can't take a compliment. Better defenestrate myself. <laughs> but, yeah. I'd... But now's your chance. <laughs> well, I still can't fully quantify why I don't like it as much. It just felt very, very, I don't know, maybe fake. Maybe that's the way I'm, where I'm trying to go for it. I mean, that was one of the prep themes of the series. That yeah, very are. manufactured. Yeah. And, like, it was, it, none of the characters resonated me, with me whatsoever. Like, they never felt like this is what a real person in this situation would do. And a lot of that might come, might stem from a misunderstanding of idol culture, because that very much dominates the first volume. And so I'm never going to fully understand any of the motivations that went into any of those character decisions. As someone who has almost, almost zero knowledge of that space, I didn't really understand why a lot of things happened the way they did. That being said, obviously this is, I'm not the target market for this. The people who are reading it probably do know a thing or two. But 
even if you divorce it from my lacks of knowledge, the pacing is slow. The characters are fairly one note, like they don't feel nuanced at all. The change in pace and the, the shifting of the goalposts is pretty wild when it happens. The sudden tonal shifts are pretty wild when they happen. And when the tonal shifts happen, there's also other stuff going on in the background that has so little to do with it that it, it may as well be in a different manga. It's like, I'm going to find my father so I can kill him. I'm also going to do acting. Oh, okay. As a, as a means to an end. It, it, I'm just saying, say, it's a like, bit of a... That, it's a, that a I do of... get. Like, he very specifically says, my father must be in the entertainment industry. Therefore... I just don't think it did a good job of making the thing feel cohesive. Because it doesn't. It doesn't at any point feel like one solid story from point A to point C or whatever we got to eventually. Like it, it doesn't feel like this is a story that's going to remain consistent within its own rules going into the future. Like I have no idea what volume three is going to be about if volume two and volume one were so drastically different. I, it'll be exactly like what volume two was about because that's the plot now. And we had this exact debate last time. You're like, what's the story? And it's like, he, want, he wants to kill his dad. She wants to be an idol. I oh, really I say. have... I have no confidence. Are you extrapolating from here? <laughs> well, that's the point. You can't. You can't like. Yes, I can. I just did. You can't reliably foresee what's going to happen in the future because what I happened in the past is did. so inconsistent. No, it's also. Not. I this is another <laughs> thing we argued about a lot. I don't see the point of this being a reincarnation story at all. Yeah, I remember that being a big problem you had with it, and yeah. I think I think we were all a bit split on this. You were very much. No, reincarnation was pointless. Sean was like, no, absolutely necessary. I was very much, it deliv- It directly ties them to I, who is, yeah. for volume one at least, the main character. Whereas I think I went with, yes, reincarnation does definitely play a part. However, I think we were arguing over the fact that he was a doctor in his previous life. I was like, it's kind of irrelevant outside of when he is Doctor Man. Like him being a doctor, at least in the two volumes we read, had no bearing on Aqua, yes. as it were. Silly name. Oh yeah, that, that I agree on. But yes, if you want to listen to all of those debates, you can go back to that episode, episode 80, I believe it was, where we talk about that, and you can rest assured that I won. It's fine. It's the more anime on Mal. I won, says the editor. <laughs> I won, says Mike, as Sean edits it, so he says that. <laughs> <laughs> AI voices these days, man. <laughs> deep fake. It's all deep fakes. Oh dear. Right. Okay. Let's let's wrap this up. Two to go. So fighting Oshinoko. It's help me put on my princess shoes. Okay. Oh no. Himikutsu wo Haitakure. Uh, this is a finished romantic drama manga. Three volumes written and drawn by Atsushi Suga. Oh boy, feet fetish time. Yeah, like you can dress this up as a drama Legs. relationship thing. I mean, it has drama and it's a bad relationship. No, no, it's straight up fetish fuel. I mean, it's the that whole as way well. through. Like that, that's, it can be both. It, no, I disagree. <laughs> if this is the example, I disagree. Because, yes, they pretend there's drama there, but the drama goes nowhere. It's literally like, how long can we wait before we put more fetish the content in? The driving force! <laughs> I disagree, honestly. This is Mike at the end of four hours being like, wow. <laughs> and this is sean at the end of four hours being like i think sean's a great guy <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you sorry that was the that was an edit right there <laughs> <laughs> 
look, I don't think this is great by any means of association, but I wouldn't say it doesn't have drama and it doesn't have romance elements in it. My there problem is was more to it than just feet. My problem was all of the drama that we talked about when we reviewed this, anything of any substance had to be inferred by us. We had to like read into what was happening and like really come up with our own conclusions, which is really not what this is going for. The actual story of this is a guy with a leg fetish, as he says, but it's clearly the whole leg. So he's into the feet as well. Don't don't worry about that. He used to make really high value women's shoes, but he had to stop because it was becoming his fetish was becoming a problem. And then a young lady walks into the shop one day like, no, you've got to make shoes again. And he's like, OK, there's an ex-wife in there who was quite abusive. We all agreed on that. Uh, yes. Like, she was quite abusive because, like, she knew that he had this fetish and used it to wrap him around her little she finger. She is the drama of this series, for sure. But that's just it. She... <laughs> Again, this is difficult to describe, but she only shows up when the writer feels like just throwing some random drama in. It never feels like the natural progression of the story. Like, the story would actually have felt a lot more natural if the ex-wife was either not there or was barely there. Because she just shows up, fucks shit up, and walks away. It's like, oh, cool, I glad mean, that I, had a point. I would say, disagree and say that she is one of the driving forces of the series. You kind of need her there, otherwise it just falls apart. See, I, I agree that she, her existence needs to be there. Like, you can't just remove her out of it because the guy needs some reason as to why he went away from making shoes and why it's difficult for him to go back. And, and she's an integral part of that. That part I do agree with. But having her be an active presence in the story, at least in the way she's presented, I don't think added anything. Like, you say she's the drama? I don't think the drama added anything to this drama story. And I do think the whole thing was just a vehicle to cut between foot fetish scenes like what's a slobber a toe or something i don't know you you were you were far more into the foot fetish stuff than the series ever is like don't get me Disagree. wrong i'm not saying it's not there but you were making it out like this is oh this is foot fetish people's number like this is oh, clear never say bang, number bang one. material for that <laughs> i'm like not not I really mean, it, it is it is hey, it is no it has been four hours it is <laughs> <laughs> I'll die on this hill. <laughs> yeah, like it's more to me. It was more. It's about that because it's about cobbling and it's about shoemaking. And there is a fair amount of that. Like it shows the process of making shoes while airing lovingly at feet. And it shows the it shows the whole process behind it. And clearly, there's some. I was going to say fascination. But some enjoyment of that process. Like I get the feeling that whoever wrote this is very much a fan of the process. But it's all very... I don't know. I don't know how every plot point feels secondary in a manga. Like, surely one of them would be the primary force. I mean, I guess the primary force is this budding relationship between this cobbler and the high school girl that it's, comes in. And... Yeah, it's their relationship and him trying to, and uh, not very successfully, move past his, his inability to control his erection around legs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And th there's a lot of problematic shit in that regard. Oh man, there's a lot of semen too. <laughs> there's a lot of him ogling and enjoying himself over the thoughts or the small glimpses he gets of this teenager that's walked in. 
I feel enjoying himself is a bit cruel. He clearly doesn't want to. <laughs> I was going to say, like, this is kind of the central point of the story, is him going, no, He's like, trying to resist his No, urges. no, I'm a deviant. I'm a naughty boy. I don't know. I think the whole thing would be a lot happier if we just accepted it. Probably be easier I to mean, handle yes. as well. I mean, it only has one volume left that we didn't read. I assume that is the ending. <laughs> like, either all of a sudden he goes, you know what? Not really that into legs. Oh, no, no. He can still be perfectly into legs and feet. It's just like, it just accepts that fact. Yeah. Or he goes, you know what? Yeah, I'm into legs. So what? I'm not going to let it take over me. Drive my life. What I'm going to do is enjoy my feet and leg fetish in a comfortable, safe environment where everyone's consented. In a healthy manner. In a healthy way, yeah. And then I can just get on with my life without it dominating you know, literally all my thoughts. Jack off at night in the privacy of my own home. Some legs. <laughs> some perfectly consenting people. Way more than five minutes after my female employee's gone. <laughs> Yeah, more than five seconds at the very least. Yeah, it was five seconds. Yes, give him a chance to like walk down the stairs. Maybe lock the door after her, just to be sure. Teenage employee, can I say? Just let's not forget that. I, yes, but to be to be clear, it's not like he was trying to flash her. Sure, and he's also not getting it off to her, at least in that scene. In that scene, no. Like, okay, so this is not the worst, most abusive thing we've ever read. Obviously not. Ironic, given one of the relationships. Yeah, it, it, it is quite problematic in many ways, but the main issue I have is... It's, it's not kind trying of to just... present that it's not problematic, is the point. Yeah. yeah, and the way it presents the stuff as problematic is also problematic, but it's just kind of boring. Like, literally all that happens is... We're going to make shoes this episode. Okay, fan service. <laughs> Every single chapter. Yeah, there's like bits with the wife and the hinting at, oh, I'm quite abusive because I like to manipulate him. How how dare my <sighs> manga about making shoes include making shoes? My problem is not that it involves it. My problem is that's literally it. Like, it's losing a few panels away from just being an instructional manual. And not a very good one at that. Not Not really. I was going to say, like, you think you can make shoes off this? Uh, no, no, I don't. How to you, I guess. I never said it was a good instructional manual. But yeah, it's just, it's not a good read. And there is definitely a story to be told here. Like, absolutely. I just never think it quite finds its feet in that story. And I guess that's a shame, but I'm not sure I'd want to read the story, even if it was good. Just what we got wasn't. Yeah, I, I feel the elements could make something, but yeah, it it didn't, and even though there's only one volume I haven't read, I've got no interest in. <laughs> Absolutely not. Reading it. So, last one. The end approaches. I mean, actually, it's the start. It was, yes. This is the end the, at the beginning. The beginning of the end, as we go way back to the first series we covered this year, Soul Land, Dalu, Dalu, uh, an ongoing Isekai, Janja, Manhua, over 300 chapters, written by... Tangja Sanchao and art by Feng Shumu. You can read the Manhua version of this over on Mangatoon, 300 plus chapters translated. And Web Novel has the Web Novel version at 500 plus chapters. And there is an ongoing anime with over 200 episodes and a live action version. Uh, over four and a half million units sold. Why? Absolute <laughs> dog shit. It was just awful. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know how or why this thing was as successful as it was. It's just, oh, it was boring. <laughs> it just, oh, it just kept going. 
mechanical blow on mechanical blow on mechanical blow. Like the whole thing was basically just mechanical blow. Oh, he's got they've got soul rings, but also they have ages and colours and types and all better we use these ones together and oh boy, oh this dog farts once every hour, but no no, three times every hour maybe. And then this creature has an S class, so you can't fight that, but then luckily the guy can fight that. But only when his master's unconscious. They spend so long explaining mechanics that they forget to do anything really with them. And yeah, like, also, this is an example of a guy who got Isekai'd from another Isekai world. This is his second no. Isekai. This I thought one that even was the boy. I can't no, even no, it is an Isekai, but no, no, this is his first time. Oh, okay. Okay, so he was like a super powerful person in the previous life. Because that's no, the whole no. shtick of this. Was this the one where the guy occasionally goes, man, I've got a voice in my head, and then that was the... That, that was, was Battle the Heavens. Oh, was uh, that Battle um, Heavens as well? Voice in my head, and that was the Isakai. It literally happens like once or twice, and like you were like, yeah, that's the proof that it's an Isakai. I was like, oh, okay. I don't I have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly I have no idea. Like All I remember <laughs> is there was a Shrek Academy, and that's the one high note of this pile of absolute garbage. I do Academy. remember Shrek Academy. My takeaway from this was that I really don't want to hate China's entire creative output when they've made Genshin Impact, but hot damn, we've done two Chinese series and they were both apparently two of the best. Yeah, two very popular Chinese two series. Two popular, highly rated, I think in the top 10 or top 20, like Manhua, Manhua's, which how are you going to on Mal, and both utter shit. Poor art. Bad characters, bad translation, and just a total, as we said, mechanical bloke, because 90% of the writing was just his a new mechanic. The problem with it was, like, why would we care? But yeah, you've got a bunch of stuff happening. Like, you're, you have a literal, you're literally watching the cultivation process, the guy just growing stronger. But why is he growing stronger? So I can fight. That it? <laughs> so he can touch a stone and it'll be like, yes, you are the stronger. And then I may be blowing these two together again. And then you two can save being exiled from your family and the marriage proposal where... The... You have, in fact, switched over to the other I've, I've swapped to the yeah. other one, bollocks. Right, yeah, you're, okay. you're thinking of the one where he stabs himself and that makes him right. They're so interchangeable. <laughs> he stabs himself, so therefore he gets to decide they're not getting married. That was the other one. That, oh, yes, that was the other one. This, this one was he has an abusive father who is like, Duh, I'm abusive. I'm leaving you all alone. Here, oh, right. he yeah. has blacksmithing in this one. We just let him do one. it. And he's oh, now we get good it. at it. And yeah, he was good at his... it because he'd done it in his previous life. And his dad was an asshole. <laughs> and his dad was an asshole. Like a real asshole. Like just walked out on him one day. <laughs> an alcoholic absentee father yep just walks out on him one day and then, and then yes actually straight up abandons him and then when he comes back later in life because he does appear later he's like see it was the best thing for you for me to have walked away it's like no, that kind of didn't reappear in what we read pretty sure he did or like nah. he left a this note or something out mike's read more no, like he left a note or something like that like it, he, he, he does did, yes he did he did leave a note saying he, he left a note saying i'm a piece of shit this is the best thing for you yeah and it's like, well, um, no, that's not, not how that works. But all right. And somehow he doesn't hate his father's guts. Yeah, like he still looks up to him. It's. I think that's a Chinese cultural thing. Most likely. They're all about the family. You could be all about family, but if your father abandons no, no, you, fuck him. Really all about the family. 
No, your, your family can do no wrong. Then that's a bad moral to teach people. I well, and that's how Sean angered the CCP. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to try and talk about that one. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. The point we can take away from this is the fact that we keep blurring it with another one. Yeah, we reviewed this a year ago, but we reviewed the other one even longer ago and clearly remember more about that one. So, generic I don't know as fuck. If I remember more about that one. It's just they've blurred into each other. He has they do two have magic symbols. Similar start. They're sure. Wuxia. They are the same narrative arc. Yeah, in the, many ways. yeah. The fact, yeah, they're both Wuxia. They use Sorry, Wuxia and Zanja, but same, same yeah. difference, really. They are the story of becoming stronger, as stupid as that sounds. Yeah, he has two magic symbols, and one is a super special hammer, and the other one is blue grass, which is supposed to be but terrible. Actually, grass is the best. But it is actually yeah. the best, yeah. But it's the dumb. researchers have never figured this out. The point <laughs> yes. was, everyone only gets one, but he's got two because his dad is from the super special clan that is in exile or whatever. And therefore, he's not allowed to show anyone the hammer because that will tell them who he is and he will probably get murdered. I, and the grass. A, the grass, a, man. I don't want to hate Chinese content. But um, so you hate Chinese content? This ain't. No, I love Genshin. I love the works of Ken Liu. This, this ain't it. One hundred percent of Wuxia have been bad so far. (laughs) We've done two, and they're both shit. (laughs) So I feel like there's not much of a vote in this round. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. It's got to be like Oshinoko. So yeah, Oshinoko versus Help Me Pull My Princess Shoes versus Soul Land. I'm never in hell voting Oshinoko out. It's amazing. So I'm left with foot fetish or absolute dog shit. I mean, you say like left with. Yeah, I know. Princess Shoes has many, many problems, but at least it has its toxic relationship and drama, which is some fuel for a story, even if it doesn't really do a whole lot with that. Whereas Soul Land is one of the weakest things we've put on. It's not like Minamoto story bad. It's yeah, not. Like- it's not offensive, it's just bad. It's just really, really shit. So, by Soul Land, I'm voting you out. Oh, yeah, I'm not even trying to hide it. Like, Soul Land is the worst. Like, Oshinoko, I didn't like it, but I can respect that other people would. Princess Shoes, I didn't like it, but it actually did have a story. Soul Land, I don't fucking know why you'd put that to paper. Like, it just... Nothing happens. It's bad. Get out of here. <laughs> Phil, take us away. Close us out. Oh, oh man. It, it's Princess Shoes. Okay. Like, I mean, Oshinoko was fine. I, I didn't have any major problems with it outside of that weird jumping logic. Like, no, no, he has a, has an, a, I'm having a brain fart. Accomplice. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Six hours in. It's fine. <laughs> I was going to be like, he has an acquaintance. It's like, I, it's not <laughs> Most people do. accurate oh, word. But... Six hours in. Oh my God. <laughs> he has, yes. Like, it has that jumping logic of like, ah, uh, he must have an accomplice, which it, it's frustrating, but sure, whatever. It's going to mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. Soul Land, I lived through Stairland. <laughs> it was, I mean, We've complained about pacing issues on the show before. I don't think anyone can complain about pacing issues unless they've read Stairland. <laughs> you need to know what absolute zero looks like before you can judge above that. <laughs> like, oh, I don't even know how long in real life they were on those stairs for. <laughs> Too long was the answer. But otherwise, 
I enjoy it. Princess Shoes, like, it was fine. wasn't great. wasn't super terrible. It could have gone more into how he's trying to solve things. It just doesn't really seem to try and focus on that, which kind of seems to be what the series wants to do. Like, how is he going to overcome this crippling problem of having a fetish? And it just seems to be going with the idea of, uh, you know what, he'll just exist. It's like, I guess. Yeah, that's my vote. It's irrelevant because Soulland is out. Yes, yes it is. Soulland bites the dust. So, to briefly recap then, that means Loner Life out in Group A while Pumpkin Knight and Endergeister go through. In Group B, Gal Cleaning out, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer and Remonster go through. In Group C, Kamikatsu goes out, Call of the Night and Couple of Cuckoos go through. Group D, Blue Lock is the only survivor as both Uzaki-chan and Dice are eliminated. In Group E, Kaniku Man is out and Girls of the Wilds and Food Wars go through. In Group F, Sate Young Men falls while Platinum End and Sunset of Passion advance. In Group G, Talentless Nana is out, Killing Me But Killing You and Tomo-chan go through. And then, yes, as we've just said, in Group H, Solan bites the dust as Oshinoko and Princess Shoes go on bravely into the future. And that means, finally, we are free. We are done with Round 1. It's all over. So you can follow me at Slazer King. You can follow Phil at Fanatskian. You can follow Mike on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube, Berserkra, B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R. You can follow the podcast as a whole at Trash Cast. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn, Twitter. So make sure you get on there. Like, follow, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, do all that cool stuff. And make sure you hit that sub button. Because now that this first half is done, the first round's lapped up, our last 16 or 15 now as it were we'll be randomised into the final tournament bracket with will duke it out 1v1 to go from 15 to 8 to 4 to 2 to just 1 not actually trash winner and of course we'll crown who takes the golden shit nugget that is the trashiest manga friends aboard maybe we'll even squeeze in some flashbacks to the Kokonoi Kokoro and Bleach and answer just how many Quincy's there were find out in a week when Trash Tacular Tournament the third part two goes live. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you later!